0: Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Terrell Ford, joined by my regular, semi-regular co-host, Marquis.
1: Hey, everyone. Happy to be here today. Uh, got my coffee ready, got my whiskey ready, so it's a Best of Both Worlds episode of the cast.
0: And we're kicking it old school. It's just the two of us, you know, uh, no, reg- no, no scheduled guest, but I'm sure we may have some un- unscheduled guests uh, Last
1: week's insanity was too much for other people, Mike. We had to take it down a notch after all, all the chaos.
0: Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. But um, listen, chaos is coming, though, because we are finishing out the 11th round, and we're about to go into the all chaos, all nominations, all polls, <laughs> 12th round, where everybody goes for broke. And uh, I, you know, I, for one, am looking forward to it. But, but before we jump into the 12th round, let's go, let's go back and talk about the 11th round. What did you think about the 11th round overall?
1: Man, it was, it was, it was fun, dude. It got a little bit strange there at the end, as I'm sure we're going to talk about. Um, some characters finally came off the board. I wonder why it took that long for it to happen. And um, it's, it's a weird mixture of competitive and ridiculous right now.
0: Yeah, and, and you know for sure, we had our first head-to-head poll. So I was, you know, so I was kind of uh, watching that very closely. I, that one, I think it was like 52% to 48%. Uh-huh. <laughs> that head-to-head poll of just a couple votes the other way could have swung it. Um, you know, so that was, that was kind of fun to see. I mean, we've talked about, like you said, there were certain characters that I felt like should have gone way earlier in the draft. And, you know, seeing them finally kind of kind of fall in this round, you know, made it, made it pretty exciting. Um, You know, which brings us to that first pick, you know, uh, last week, we had uh, Kia from the multiracial delegation and S from the Latinx delegation, and they both had this character in their polls. Of course, Kia, you know, played a little, she had a little gag going with her poll because she had all four picks be uh, who she finally ended up with, and that's Deadpool. (laughs) No, I mean, I feel like it's a very Deadpool thing to do, which is one of the reasons why I kind of let it go
1: right right well this is the theme of this week's episode is people making a mockery of your rules Mike.
0: that yeah yeah that that is that is uh, very very much thematically consistent but but like i said deadpool be he of the breaking the fourth wall you know i half expected him to acknowledge uh being in, being part of the racial draft after uh it turned out that uh, that he won so you know um listen the people spoke they spoke in, on two accords they 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 want uh deadpool to be multiracial um, I don't know a lot about what Kia's plans are as far as the specific racial makeup of Wade Wilson, but, you know, I can imagine a situation where, you know, he keeps it hard and fast as to what his actual ethnicity is. You know, um, I feel like that would maximize his hilarity as well to be racially ambiguous and depending on, depending on the situation that he's in, uh, talking, talking himself up as a member of a different race uh, whenever the situation calls for it.
1: Sort of a Christopher Nolan Joker style backstory exactly. for Deadpool. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Um, so, so I'm here for it. You know, I think that I think that one of the kind of cool things about Deadpool is that he's he doesn't really um, strongly identify. I mean, he's Canadian, but he doesn't really strongly identify with any sort of cultural reference. So, you know, he can basically keep the character trucking, you know, as is for the most part and um, not really tinker too much with his backstory to, to keep him, to keep him in, in, in spirit.
1: Which is good because we know Kia doesn't actually do backstories for any of her character. So that is very helpful for her.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, she, is, she is all about uh, well-known characters that uh, most people know about. And the backstories are, are why, why go into the backstories? They're, they're, we all know what they are.
1: The people will determine the backstory. They'll give it to the masses.
0: Exactly. Um, but that does bring us to the second pick, which was the Native American team. Generally speaking, they are the opposite of Kiev in that they have extensive backstories. And this was no exception. Uh, this, this time out, their pick was Hawkeye, in fact.
1: now you no, know. I know. I, 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 this is actually a character that I, that I really enjoy. I always like the characters that are just sort of regular Joes hanging in there with the suits. So it's nice to see the sort of character break into the draft.
0: Yeah, Hawkeye's, Hawkeye's an interesting character. I would say that he's probably not as popular in the movie universe as he is um, in the comics universe. Obviously, there's a Disney Plus series that is well that is uh, pretty anticipated that, that folks are hoping can kind of flesh out the character and make him a bit more well-liked. But um, yeah, Clint Barton in the comics is kind of your ne'er-do-well uh, gets into trouble and like you said he's he's out there he's a regular guy hanging out with these superpower beings with really only his skills to you know to even the odds. skills and trick arrows as it were. Um, so let's jump into his, let's jump in the backstory um, as per I believe Joaquin uh, came up with this, the backstory for this one. Born Clifford Bartholomew Red River of Ponca and Osage parents. Clifford is a wild child a lot of energy and a little mischievous his parents figure that with all the, this energy he could spend it with someone who could keep him in check his grandfather his stay although expected to be temporary unlocks a destiny for this young warrior through a twist of faith to, sorry, through a twist of fate cliffs parents are killed and he's left with his grandfather although life was rough his grandpa teaches him archery as well as how to track hunt find water, and live under harsh conditions. As he begins to grow into a young adult, he finds out that his grandpa was in Special Forces, decorated with multiple engagements and given the call sign Hawkeye. As he follows suit, he too becomes a standout soldier, making a rep in his own way. After his service, he returns home to find his grandfather sickly. Before his death, his grandpa passes a bow and quiver and tells him of a bunker hidden in the plains. He goes there only to find an armory with specialized arrows, the nomenclature, and how to make them. Hoping to make his grandfather proud, he takes on his moniker as he prepares to begin his work as the hawk. I like it. I mean, you know, it it, it tracks fairly well um, with the the traditional backstory. Still gives him some of, uh, if not most of, the same motivations. You know, allows him to be a little bit of a trickster when it comes to the arrow. Gives him some of the the military Uh, training maybe a little bit of the spy craft that we associate with uh, Hawkeye as a as a shield agent and um, yeah I mean I think that there's I definitely think it leaves uh, a lot a lot available as far as uh,
1: further storytelling. So Mike as far as picks for the Native American delegation as as they've gone so far in the draft this one's sort of non-controversial almost conservative for them?
0: I think so yeah I mean like I said, I think that this, this tracks fairly, um, You know, there's not too much reinvention as to the core motivations of the character. I mean, there's some slight, some slight deviations, but that's okay. I mean, it's not, it's not a massive retcon. And it, and it allows, I think it still allows the character to form some of the same associations and relationships that the uh, classic Hawkeye
1: forms. Well, but can you get points from this character, I'm wondering?
0: Um, well, that's, that's going to be interesting. So Hawkeye just recently... Had a mini series that ended, um, um, so we don't know will, where he will appear next. But he does have um, some friendships, you know, with characters like Black Widow and Mockingbird, and of course the young Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. He has enough uh, interactions and friendships with the other Avengers that we could see him pop up in the next couple months and score him some points. Because if he does pop up, he's definitely going to be using using his arrows and his skill set. And probably taking out an enemy or two just to show his, you know, to show his uh, marksmanship. So I could see him being kind of a, you know, a mid tier, uh, you know, a mid tier scorer if he does appear. And, you know, for the 11th round, that's, you know, that's value.
1: No, I agree with that. I actually feel like this is exactly what I was expecting sort of more of this late in the draft. Not super powerful, amazing characters like Deadpool still being on the board, but this sort of character that's like functional, appealing. Uh, strong, but maybe not necessarily top tier A list. Right,
0: um, and that brings us to the third pick, and that's uh, our friends in the Polynesian delegation. Secretly, I, I think I coined the phrase in our chat. I, he's the guy they told you not to worry about. <laughs> <You> no, <know>, uh, <laughs> he you did. He does. He definitely finds a way to to snatch away beloved characters from other delegations with a smile on his face. <laughs> So so this one was no exception. They they drafted uh Kitty Pride. Shadowcat. Are you familiar with the character?
1: No, actually in general with this particular round of the draft, I feel like 50% of it as a layperson, I was like, "Oh, what is the deal with that character?" So, okay. this will be a good episode to educate me.
0: I mean, this is a character that you've definitely seen if you've seen the X-Men movies. Uh she was played by Ellen Page um in those movies in the, I think in the second and the third uh X-Men movies. Um, and also in Days of Future Past. You know, she, 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 she has a much bigger role in the comics. She was one of the first um, kind, of bu- kind of viewpoint characters. Right. When they, when they wanted to reintroduce the idea that the X-Men were teenagers, they would every now and then what they'll do is they'll introduce a young mutant and make them the character that, um, you know, is the neophyte that learns about the mutant world. And she was the first of, of the kind. I want to say in the early eighties, um, you know, she's a young Jewish girl who has the ability to phase uh, change her density and go through objects. Um, she, she becomes, um, one of, one of Wolverine's apprentices. So she learns how to be like a ninja. Uh, She grows up, she forms these relationships with some of the younger, um, you know, new mutants style characters, but she, you know, sort of sticks around with the X-Men. She has a romance with Colossus, um, she becomes the leader of the X-Men for a while. And currently, she happens to be dead.
1: But... um oh, well, don't let that stop you from drafting her.
0: Yes, because as you know about the X-Men, uh, they tend not to stay dead for long. So the hope is by drafting, you know, m- I w- my guess is that people waited on Kitty because of Kitty being dead and not really knowing when or if she would be resurrected in time. But, um, you know, pr- presumably, because of how her popularity if she is resurrected we're going to see her in things and and actually now that now that you mention it there are some storylines that have been set um, that are currently uh, going on in the books that were set before she died so she still may score points with uh you know depending on when uh when those books come out you could get get some kitty pride points based on uh you know the weeks before she died
1: so phasing, Mike, this, this power that she has feels a bit like invisibility to me where I may not be comprehending the implications because it sounds a little stale to me. So she can walk through walls. What's the big deal?
0: Yeah, well, she can change her, she, yeah, she can change her density um, and she can change the density of other people as well. And she can also do it in such a way that um, she, can, m- she can change mid-phase so she can phase someone halfway through an object and then leave them in that in that state um you know she's used it in a variety of different ways she once phased an entire missile that was going to go through a planet and was you know i mean obviously took a lot out of her but she basically saved the world by by changing the density of the missile so that it wouldn't destroy the earth Um, is
1: that how she died the hero's death i assume she just died
0: no, no, no. She died. Um, there's a, there's a, a, a current storyline right now where the X-Men have discovered the ability to come back from the dead. Um, but for some reason, it doesn't work on her and they haven't figured out why. So she was on a mission and uh, she's currently a leader of a team called the uh, Marauders. And uh, she was, they're pirates now. Um, what they do is they control the black market of uh, of of Krakoa is where the mutants live right now, and they're Krakoan goods that um, places don't, that don't have a, a treaty with Krakoa. Um, she her her group kind of controls the the trading to, to communities that need it, but that don't for for whatever reason don't have don't have a um, a treaty with the with the mutants. So she, because she had some, some, some issue with her powers that uh, she can't use, Krakoa uses this, uh, these teleporting gates and her power somehow interferes with those gates. Um, so because she's, she feels like, like an outsider from Krokoa, she, you know, she's found her, well, past tense, found her path uh, as a pirate alongside some of the other mutants. And um, on a recent mission, she got black, um, she got, sorry, got, got double-crossed. And and they killed her, and people thought that oh well we'll just bring her back, but they couldn't bring her back. So that's that's what's currently happening with her storyline. She's the first mutant in the sort of post death era to actually die.
1: Sounds yeah. like she might end up with her own book.
0: It's I mean it isn't it is I mean this as as it stood the Marauders book was her book as in she was the leader of the team, but um, yeah it's possible that she might get a mini that talks about. You know, whatever it is that kept her from, from coming back, maybe she has to go through a journey. There's, 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 there's a lot of room for, for a focus. I don't know if that will happen in the immediate aftermath or whether it will happen sometime in early 20, 2021. But yeah, she's definitely a character that's got a lot of upside, and she got a big fan following. Um, we're joined by we we have a drop in one of the co captains fly twist of the Latinx team. Uh, say hello to the people, Martin.
2: Hello, people, and. Yeah. Go, Captain. That still feels weird.
0: <laughs> well, uh, how you
1: guys feeling after that devastating loss this week?
0: I mean, it's a win for Martin. <laughs> it's a win for Martin because uh, his favorite character made its way, made his way. But we'll get to that in a little bit. So, uh, do you have any thoughts about Kitty Pride, Martin?
2: Uh, no, not really. Is that where? I, is that where? I, is that the point that I joined in?
0: You yes. well, okay. can go back. I mean, this is the third pick of round 11. You know, the second pick was Hawkeye. I don't know if you had any thoughts about Hawkeye for the Native American team.
2: Oh, uh, I like Hawkeye as a character. So that th- I thought that was a pretty good pick for them. That's, that's all I got to say about that one.
0: And I'm sure you have thoughts about Deadpool, given that uh, Deadpool is <laughs> in your
2: talk. I mean, exactly. you know, it was a very close poll. It was between one of four options. Deadpool, 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 and <laughs> Deadpool. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I only have a couple of things to say.
1: As he takes out his
2: prepared speech. I have it on my phone. <laughs>
0: oh, we're oh my plot twist. twist. We have another drop in. That is Adam. Well, Adam of the uh, co-captain of the Jewish delegation is joining us as well. Hey, Adam.
1: Oh, he's still connecting. The twist. It's just plot twist on top of plot twist today. I would expect nothing oh, less. We go. Nothing less this late in the draft.
0: Hey, Adam. Say what's up hey. to you.
1: How
3: you doing, guys? Hey, everybody.
0: So we're just, uh, we're working our way through the, the 11th round. We just, uh, we, we just settled on, we were talking about Kitty pride uh, Oh, do you yeah. have any thoughts about Kitty Pryde? Now's the time.
3: I think it's great. I think uh, Kitty and any of those original X-Men are good for, changing races and things, because, you know, the X-Men were supposed to represent the marginalized people, or, or people that were the downtrodden, or the others, but most of them were white, right? <laughs> you know, most of the X-Men were white. So, it's nice to maybe bring that back to the origins, and, you know, really show what they could have represented. Mm-hmm. So, I really like it. I mean, it's,
0: but I, I mean, I would have to say that, you know, from your perspective, you know, Kitty's probably the
3: one of the most prominent Jewish X-Men. She, she is. But, but that also, you know, the way that Kitty's Judaism has been expressed, it, it's good for education and historical value. And I'm very proud that she's a Jewish character. And out of, out of all the Jewish characters, she's been the one to bring it up the most. She's been the one that was always depicted wearing a Star of David necklace, even though now that's not something, which is disappointing. But when she talks about the Holocaust, when she talks about the past, about the Jewish people, again, that's something that any group could identify with. That everybody has tragedies in their past. No no people, you know, we always say it's not a victim competition, right? So while I'm very proud, I like to see what other teams are going to do with her because she could be anything, you know, really not in the mo I mean, I hope she stays Jewish and, you know, in the, in the comics and everything, but for, but for our purposes, I think it's wonderful.
0: I hear you. Um, yeah, I think, I think she's a strong pick. Obviously she's dead right now in the comics. So she has to come back from the dead in order to mm-hmm. uh, be a major point scorer, but, um, you know, yeah. she, as far as that, um, kind of like he said, the early, the early X-Men, the, the long time, I would also think, I also think that she has probably had the most uh, development. I agree. As, you know, as sort of a young X-Men who has been allowed to grow up.
3: It, I wish they could all, you know, the, the new, I hate that they still call them the new mutants. You know, I feel like, you know, it's always that weird thing, comic mm-hmm. book time, verse our time right and they're always fudging comic book time to say oh yeah no it's only been 10 years since the 1960s or whatever it is exactly. but you know kitty has gone from being a young almost, like a young teenager a very young teenager almost a, a tween to leading teams and uh, i kind of wish they would go that direction for some of the other characters
0: yeah, it's tough because I think with a character, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier. Because Kitty was one, was one of the viewpoint characters. Right. I think a lot of readers, you know, when she was introduced, she was, she was introduced in the early '80s, right? Uh-huh. So I think that for the readers who started following the X Men in the early '80s, she was p- permitted to be the character that grew up with those readers.
3: I agree. And, and then, right, you're right. And then that's why they did the New Mutants and then the New Warriors, you know, trying to find those things that would connect to a generation.
0: Right. And I think that, you know, for a decade later, that was probably Jubilee, you know, a yes. character that has also gr- been permitted to grow up. Uh-huh. I think that when you when you pick one character who gets to grow up, it's, it's a little nice. easier. Uh writers to sort of write around that experience but when you have a team of characters like the New Mutants right there's maybe a short shrift in trying to know like what it would take to grow all of those characters up
3: but even with the New Mutants I feel like there should be some consistency in that sometimes they'll take these adult characters that they've developed as adult characters and then they'll sort of try to retrograde them back to being young and goofy or something like that they did that with roberto yeah. in the comics at least i feel they did that to him i mean this is a guy that was like leading aim and everything and then he's back to being silly new mutant robert you know right. so but again
0: i think that's a, i think that's an issue of where you may have had individual writers who were yep. in growing him up but the majority of the writers weren't the majority True. of the writers when you know you know how it works like when you mm-hmm. when you're a, a writer and you get a character you want to try to get right to what 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 you feel the meat of the characters and sort of stay there (laughs) or when when the run is over put the characters back in the tool you know put the characters back in the toy box for the for the next the next writer i agree um you know maybe at some point you know i'm a big i'm a big roberto fan and i don't think he's you know even as many years as he's been out he hasn't he hasn't i don't think he's gotten as much of a focal focus Um, yeah so perhaps when the time comes they'll allow him to, to truly develop because he'll get a lot of time but you know that's we we transition a little bit away from the pick
3: um i I'd, right. yeah. I'd
0: love i love hear your pick uh, your thoughts on the first picks it was uh, deadpool the for the multiracial team
3: well that that first of all deadpool for the multiracial team is great because i mean what is, what is it about deadpool that's his whiteness I mean, is there anything to his character that, I mean, yes, it gives him an opportunity for humor, which is what he's good at, you know, being white, you know, there's a lot of comedy there that you can do, but there's nothing inherent in Deadpool's character that relates to whiteness in any way.
0: And then, and then after that, there was Hawkeye for the Native American team. (laughs) Well,
3: That's what, I mean, I like that choice because I, I personally have no love for Hawkeye. Um, I he I've always found him quite bo- boring. I will say, I read my one of my favorite books when I was younger was West Coast Avengers. I was more of a West Coast Avengers fan than an Avengers fan, mm-hmm. and I really liked him back in the day. But then I felt like as time went on, he was only interesting among niche writers, writers that took right. a particular interest in him. But he wasn't made that level of importance, you know, a, a, in the the franchise, the comic franchise, or the movies as a whole. So I think this gives him a far more interesting origin, uh, a far more culturally connected origin. Um, Yeah, it makes him more interesting than me. I, I just, I just find him to be not that interesting to me personally. I know people love him. Well, one thing about, one thing
0: that about Hawkeye is that, you know, because, I mean, I think Sean made a joke about it way, way back that, um, you know he he's allowed to have a lot of flaws and he's allowed to make to mess up a lot uh and you know that does there is a certain uh whiteness that <laughs> that comes along with with the ability to screw up over and over
3: right he does fail upward yeah right
0: he fails up yeah. so um that's that's one thing that may have to change if a uh, Hawkeye were Native American he 's not going to get yeah. as many chances
3: well you know if if Marvel would just develop their native characters in a more authentic and an uh, honest way they they could have some great characters there you yeah. know they ha- they have you know x men that characters we have characters they just they use them as tokens uh, mm-hmm. and they don't develop them as actual characters
0: yeah that's true and and one thing that and I know we 've talked about this in other fora that um you know, because their writers tend to be uh, white males and with the, you know, the way that certain controversies are on mm-hmm. social media where um, char- uh, creatives are discouraged from writing characters that, that whose backgrounds they don't share. Um, I wonder if that sort of creates a disincentive.
3: I think there's a difficult line to draw when it comes to that. Because I see a lot of young indie comic creators and young people talking about what's appropriate for me to write, what's not appropriate for me to write. The key is though, then we have professional writers, people who have been in, they have honed their craft. We know they're professional. So we can put a certain level of trust in them that they would do their research, that they would speak to people in the community, right? You have Bendis, nobody said, hey, you know, you shouldn't have created Miles Morales, you shouldn't have created Riri Williams, right? We don't say to Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, horrible for you for creating Black Panther. So if if it was a white writer who got the ball rolling and did a short run, if that's what it took, then you pass it off, like they do with those other characters, like Miles and stuff like that. You pass them off to more appropriate writers. Although I'm not sure that Saladin Ahmed was the best choice. He's a great writer. I don't know if he was the best choice for Miles. But you pass these off to better characters. So if it takes a white writer to get the ball rolling, if that's the only way it's going to happen, I have no problem with that as long as the ultimate game plan is then to pass it off. But that lies inherently in the failings that Marvel has, where they say we're going to be more diverse. But their diversity only comes in the forms of writers. If Marvel started at the bottom down and hired more editors of color or colorists of color or people like that (laughs) then maybe we'd see more authentic stories but they're not filling those positions with people of color they're filling the writer positions with people of color
0: yeah that's a really good point so let's jump into the fourth pick uh the fourth pick was from our friends in the asian delegation And they came through with a defensive pick, a very, you know, they've, they've made a few defensive picks this draft. And I think they were all well, I think they were all well chosen. It was uh, Cindy Moon, uh, Silk. Now, Marquis, are you familiar with this, that character?
1: Not familiar with the character, Mike. And also I got the sense that there's a little bit of controversy around this pick from the Discord. Maybe you can jump into a little bit of that.
0: Oh, I, I missed the controversy actually.
1: Oh, I mean that. that I, yeah, I thought there was a little bit of discussion around around this pick, and and whether maybe there was a little bit of history there. But because I'm not an expert on the character, I could have just been reading the Discord wrong.
0: Okay, well, yeah. So the so the the thing about Cindy Moon, I think Cindy Moon's only been around for about six years or so, not very long. Dan Slott created her as mm-hmm. when he did the first uh, Spider Verse. Um, around that time. She's a character that that was basically a retcon character. She was a classmate of Peter Parker who was present when the first spider uh, bit Peter. And she was bit by the same spider, but her powers developed um, in the background. And shortly after she was shortly after she developed powers, she was put into a bunker and uh, trained in secret um, to in a lot of ways, replace Peter if something were to happen to Peter. And then, you know, of course, she gets introduced a few years back, uh, you know, because of that. And uh, there's this weird chemistry thing that not a lot of people like to talk about that mean uh, Peter and Cindy, uh, where they can't really be close to one another because of pheromones. But um, yeah, she's, she's, she had a run, a very strong run in, in the beginning when she was first introduced. Now um, I know that they're, they're, they were planning to do a, uh, to launch a solo for the character in this year at some point later in the year. But
3: but you know, here's the thing, she she never looks as old as Peter. She should be the same age as Peter, right?
0: Well, yeah, like it feels like sometimes, well, so sometimes it makes sense because she's Peter's age or maybe a year younger or something like that because she was, you know, gifted student or what have you but because she was also in the bunker and was not exposed to the outside world she does have very you know very much a a doe a, a wide-eyed i get that you know a wide-eyed immaturity and and i think and i do think though writers play up the immaturity to the point yeah. that they make her seem like she's a young character
3: because I, I got so confused because I remember in that issue of Champions where they were talking about their sort of reserve roster and she was one of the people. And I was like, uh, she's quite a bit older than the champion.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if yeah. Peter's, you know, who knows how Peter, how old Peter's supposed to be, let's say right. 20, perpetually 28 or 29. Right. You know, Cindy would be, you know, I would say at youngest 27. But, yeah, she's meant to act like a kid because she has a little bit of a stunted growth. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see whether writers forget that, because I think, I think you're right. I think some writers have.
3: Yeah, they, I do see her depicted usually as younger. I have to say, I have to go back and finish reading Agents of Atlas because I, I'm, I'm not caught up on it.
0: Yeah, she. I mean, they, they, in Agents of Atlas, they found a, a pretty decent niche for her in that group. I, would, I think I talked about this with someone else, that, I, you know, since they are so, there are so many Spider- Characters in New York. I'd love to see a, an international Spider character, and I think that in a city like Seoul, uh-huh. um, which is which is really kind of becoming more and more prominent on the world stage, g- given that she's Korean American, um, to have a Korean American character move and live in Seoul while you know engaging in the Spider the Spider's style antics would would give would give her quite a a, a different niche.
3: Yeah, and we know from the spider totems that you don't necessarily have to have powers like Spider-Man to be a spider-powered-influenced character. And we couldn't get more international ones, because if you go down the list, you know, you've got Miles, which is great, and you've got Cindy, and you've got Aranya, although they don't seem to use Aranya much, although I wish they would, but then you go, the rest of them, you know, you've got Peter, you've got Ben Parker, you've got, um, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Ben Riley, you've got Kane, you've got spider, you know, you go down the list of, you've got spider woman, all the white spider people. So mm-hmm. I think we can add a few more, you know, Africa would be great, you use the myth of Anansi, the spider, and you create a spider character there.
0: Yeah, but the I mean, the, I think that spiders do tend to um, sort of benefit from being in urban settings because yeah. of the swinging and the climbing and the like. So I think that a lot of major cities could stand to have a spider type character if you were still gonna go internationally. Yeah. You know?
3: Lagos places. And we have this the uh, Indian Spider-Man.
0: Oh, I forgot about him.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, well he's but he's more of like a alt universe character, right? He's not Yeah,
3: he's a Spider-Verse character, yeah.
0: Right. I mean you could even have like a Wakandan Spider-Man. Sure. I mean, that would be
3: kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So,
0: But yeah, like, like I said, this was a, um, this was a defensive pick. I'll, I'll, I'll um, give Ron's kind of background on that. Uh, Cindy Moon is an incredibly important character for representation in comics. Not only is she part of the extended Spider family, which comes with a spotlight, but she's a member of the Agents of Atlas. Cindy has alway, already appeared in MCU, played by Tiffany Espenson. Espenson could definitely play Silk, but a, but a personal fan cast choice for me would be Mickey Ishikawa. Although Ishikawa isn't Korean American, I'm in favor of flexibility in casting Asian roles with Asian actors. Mickey has the look and is a great actor. She's also set to join the MCU soon in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What's kind of cool about that is that uh, Mickey um, got the shout out and uh, she uh, shouted us out.
1: I saw her. That was
0: cool. That was, that was um, you know, it's always good when, a, when one of our celebrity fan casts acknowledges the racial draft, mm-hmm. making it more possible. That one day we'll actually get. Um, who are we looking for, Marquis?
1: Uh, man can dream. Uh, <laughs> Jessica, if you're listening. Jessica Alba. Alba. Jessica, please, please come on the show. I beg of you. Yeah, she can, you. About,
0: she can talk about what it was like to be the first Latinx Sue Storm.
1: I didn't know I'd find my only goal in life on this, this podcast, but I finally have motivation <laughs> and purpose.
0: That's right. But, uh, yeah, so, well, Martin, do you have any thoughts about Silk?
2: Um, no, I'm not. Uh, as she's, like, a fairly newer character, I'm not super familiar with her. But, you know, it's a good defensive pick, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. We actually got some commentary from the Fantasy Comics League. Shout out to the Fam- Fantasy Comics League. We're going to be shouting those guys out in the coming weeks and months for sure. Um they said that, um, you know, given that she guest she appeared in the Amazing Spider-Man series, uh, that means she should see some fantasy comic league action in the upcoming issues. Good thing, since there appears to be no word on Atlantis' attacks. That was the other Agents of Atlas miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, playing in that spider world means that she could definitely just pop up in a Peter Parker book um, whenever, whenever he needs gets get some backup.
3: So, and you have that? Don't we have the new Spider Woman book? Uh they did you know, friendship
0: so. as well, and then uh, with uh, what's her name, with Jessica with Jessica Drew. Yeah, so you
3: know, she could, she,
0: inexplicably, she, inexplicably still off the still on the board as undrafted.
3: Yeah, we we were we were looking at her, but then we weren't sure about other than her own book, if she would have any other appearances. Mm-hmm. That doesn't way. stop any of the other teams. from I know.
0: Characters. I. Mean, <laughs> I I particularly noticed that this week she was in she appeared in the Captain Marvel book because she's Carol's best friend.
3: Right. And Strike Force,
0: right? Strike Force book.
3: Um,
0: which know, is ending? Member, regular member of the team. And then she had her solo book this week. I was thinking, wow, you know, so. so.
3: We were worried, though, that she might only show up, you know, once a month when her book comes out to score right. points.
0: Um, so what else is there any any other thoughts? No, I guess I guess that's it about about silk. But perfect now is the perfect time to talk about the fifth pick, and that you're here, you're here right here for us to uh, break down break down the fifth pick for us
3: right to the source. Oh, is that me? Am I the fifth pick? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so for I mean, we wanted to go with the villain. You know, it's just you gotta have a good villain, and Apocalypse is a great villain. You know, just He's just that survival of the fittest, ultimate dominance. Uh, you know, my way is the only way. He doesn't suffer fools. You know, he'll put people to the gauntlet so they die to get their powers back and be reborn. So when you're talking about like a villain, you know, he he's one of those villains where he's the hero in his own mind. You know, like there's nothing villainous about him to him. Well, plus and we the first mutant. Right. He was I the first, on the, at least as far as we know, the first mutant, or maybe wasn't the other ones also in there. Um, what's her name? C- Celine? Is she in there? Like, she's one of the old ones, right? Right.
0: um I think goes um, so even further back than that.
3: Yeah, I think she does. So, but we like Apocalypse because his origins are already in that region. Mm-hmm. He was in, born in a, in a town in uh, Jordan, in the comics. But that town of Jordan is right on the banks of the water, and right on the other side of that is where we sort of place him. You know, more on what's what's now Israel. It was, you know, wasn't Israel back then. But um, there's actually a popular, these sort of vacation place in Israel, which is called Elat, which is. On the water down there, so we thought it would be cool to take the apocalypse story, being that Kang you know posed as a pharaoh in the comics, and we thought maybe it would be fun to make Kang sort of the the pharaoh of the Exodus story, you know, and that it was when they were searching for the firstborn sons to kill that maybe there's another story you haven't heard of about another baby that was hidden away, mm-hmm. so we we took that and we we, we placed him there. We, you know, his whole village was was slaughtered. And we thought, you know, that kind of fits into the story. And we liked the way that it touched upon Kang. So we wanted a villain where it made sense. We didn't just want to take a villain where we said, okay, now now they're Jewish. So we, we I don't know, when we were thinking of villains, I, I, he's literally the first person I thought of, just because to me, people like him and Magneto and stuff like that, those are the villains I like because everything they do is because they're a hero in their own mind.
0: Well, particularly, I mean, you know, full disclosure, I had been advocating for a while right. for the Black delegation to, to, to draft him. But we didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, he, 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 he does have roots in Africa. And Africa, yeah. of course, you know, where the first people came from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, Egypt, Africa, jordan yep. like It's very, it, it's regionally, there are some of the same, uh, same acknowledgements and my thought process is that like you said to the extent that he considers himself the hero of his own story there's a little bit of a hotep element to yeah him. yeah we're believing that there's a div- divine nature to his his development and a and a prophecy to himself and a sense that he's destined to rule and that everyone else Everyone else's evolution is to get them to where he already is. That you know? everybody
3: else is imperfect,
0: right? And he's and he's, he's a god. Perfect. He's a god in his own mind, right? And you know, and again, there's a certain hotepness to you know being a god, believing yourself to be a human god, and wanting to wanting to see other people become gods themselves. Um, so I and think- we have
3: that in every in every culture or religion.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I think that, I think it works. I I do think the character works um, for the Jewish delegation. I do think it maybe to the extent that he's pretty hardcore into the survival of the fittest aspect. It could get a little bit dicey
3: um, when it. When it comes to fictional villains, Mm -hmm. I am usually okay with stuff that they do. You know, this was, you know, I had many arguments or discussions with other Jewish people when, uh, you know, the the Hydra cap, you know, during Secret Empire, because they, oh, you know, no, how could you do Hydra work with the Nazis? And I was like, Hydra's fictional. You know, they didn't work with the Nazis because they don't exist. You know, they're bad guys. They're comic book bad guys. So for me, when I see comic book bad guys do things that we would not accept as a moral society... (laughs) Right, I'm okay with it because it's comics and they're the bad guy. It's clear they're the bad guy. Right.
0: And, you know, we've talked about this, like not every person of your ethnic background is wholesome and good. There are going right. to be villainous people mm-hmm. or race and ethnic background who may have a kernel of pride and motivation that could that, common, that creates a commonality, but they make bad choices. They make in, immoral choices.
3: And, I mean, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm no, I'm sure.
0: saying that, you know, you, it, 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 to me, I agree. You can, you can reconcile someone being misguided, but exactly. still be strongly steeped in the traditions of a particular faith or particular background.
3: Exactly. I mean, Magneto is a perfect choice. You know, the reason why a lot of people will say, you know, he's a hero or he's an antihero. I say he's a villain uh, because it's about the moral line that you cross, where you're willing to go morally. Uh, once you go to places that are immoral or maybe questionable to me, that's when it goes to villainy, um, an anti-hero or somebody like Deadpool or somebody like that, they have heroic motives, but with a villain, they don't even have the heroic motives. Right. They have the motives that, um, of the ends justify the means. And so that's where I where I cross the line, and say no, they are they are villains,
0: right? And and again, m- more often than not, what makes them anti-heroic is that there's someone, maybe potentially someone worse than them, right? So that they they do what they do as a re- in relationship to this other more villainous villain, and right? That, that's why
3: you know Punisher's not a villain.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tell us, I mean, you know, I, I, it, it's, up to, uh, it's up to you if you want to read.
3: read I, can't re- I can't have the two screens. You, you could okay. go ahead and read it if you want.
0: All right, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, don't worry about pronunciation. You know.
0: Okay. So there came a time in Egypt when the Pharaoh from the skies proclaimed the death of all firstborn Jews to protect his power based on a prophecy from the future. As the story goes, it would be Moses who would be this threat. But there was another. A kind young mother in Egypt gave birth to a son. His skin was gray with lips as blue as the Red Sea. Mysterious powers or energy flowed through him, and she knew that he was unlike any other child ever born. She named him Bekor Adam Ben Koch, the firstborn ben- man. Koach, you Ko- got him the huh. Koach. Ben Koach, the firstborn man, son of power. But he was a firstborn son, so she, she affixed his name to the swaddling and set him adrift in the Nile. Drifting through the cool waters, Bekor Adam floated to an, a village called Akiba where he was found and hidden away and protected. The Pharaoh sent out his desert raiders to find all remaining firstborn Jews. When they entered Aqaba, they slaughtered the population looking for the hidden child. Found by the raider's leader, Baal, the the child's abilities and, and appearance were so staggering that Baal quickly hid the child from the Pharaoh and raised the child as his own, recognizing his power. But to the Pharaoh, this child was not a secret. With knowledge from the future, the Pharaoh built, found the child and descended from the sky on his sky throne and attacked the desert raider village. Baal was severely wounded and hurried Bektor Adam Ben Kok to the cave nearby. He introduced Bektor to otherworldly technology in that cave. And with this technology and his own special abilities, Bektor thrived. As Bektor grew, he made it known he would no longer be a victim. In fact, his people, the Israelites, the lions of Judah, the Jews, would never be victims again the only true power and protection comes through utter dominance. That, the only way to a better world, was his way. He proclaimed, I am Jewish and I am a mutant. I want people to know who and what I am and to fear me. Beware the clan Akaba, for I am ak- Hayamim, the end of days apocalypse.
3: Yeah, so thank you for reading that. We, um, we wanted to take Apocalypse's story and not really change too many elements of his biography. Everything there about, you know, there was the Baal in the comics, who's the person who found him. But then there's also this ancient pre-Semitic, you know, God Baal that's also used by the Egyptians and all kinds of people. You know, the cave, that whole part with the cave and finding the celestial technology, that's, you know, from there. And then at the end, I tried to play a little, a little in-joke because what he says at the end, uh, you know, I'm Jewish, I'm a mutant, blah, blah, blah. That's exactly from a Kitty Pride panel, which I, I posted. Now hers obviously doesn't finish with, and to fear me. Right. So I wanted to take what she was saying and sort of twist it to like, you know, look out. <laughs> I know. But yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it works. And you know, Annie, of course, was was uh, very proud about having two of the most powerful mutants. Yeah. Oh, world. by
3: the way, when I say I on this, <laughs> you know, only because I'm on the show right now, it's a we. <laughs> it's it's not an I. I just it's natural for me to say it because I'm the one here.
0: <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. But yeah, Annie. Annie's very happy that you guys have both Apocalypse and the Phoenix.
3: Yes. You no. Know? We have we have two major. Uh, forces. You know, even if we didn't have Gene, I was going to suggest drafting the Phoenix Force oh. as, as a character.
0: As a character, as its, own, as its own character.
3: I figure if they could, you know, do the one above all, we could do the Phoenix Force, you know.
0: Interesting. It'd be hard to figure out how to give features to right. a bird though.
3: I know. <laughs> a, fire, a, a celestial fire bird energy.
0: Now, Marquis, are you familiar with Apocalypse or?
1: Uh, as, um, as rendered in the terrible X-Men movie? Oh God! You're, is that your only associate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, all my expertise comes from from those movies. So yeah, I'm very familiar with the character.
0: I thought you would have at least remembered him from the X Men animated series. Probably.
1: Uh, there's probably some some buried memories in there, deep down in my core. But yeah, most recent memory definitely the movie.
3: Well, now you know now <laughs> he's those
1: movies the
0: now
3: he's on Krakoa, right? You know, putting people to the gauntlet to. Uh, kill them so they can be reborn even basically teenagers so exactly
0: but you know he's also uh, in the excalibur book yes of mutant mysticism
3: right he was off on other world trying to create things happening M- mutant magic
0: right which so is something as- new
3: that's gonna look like it's gonna be explored more
0: right and and you know he's been figured prominently in in all the uh, uh cross of swords
3: uh uh-huh.
0: Cross of swords. Well, that's
3: why we, we 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 wanted to try to pick. You know, the mutants are very popular, but we wanted somebody who would maybe show up in more than one book. That would show up in multiple books, so that maybe a couple of times a month we could maybe score points.
0: Yeah, and I think he's fairly prominent, which is again why I was so surprised that he fell all the way to the eleventh round. I figured, as far as you know, once you got past the you know sort of the X uh, Magneto Professor X, that Apocalypse would be sort of right right mm-hmm. here next
3: so well i mean we, because we could have take we could have taken the ultimate villain and picked professor x but you know
1: <laughs> he also feels rife with storytelling potential so just from a storytelling perspective because he's so old and there's so much you could do with a character it is surprising that he's gone this late right i mean yeah. i
0: i was i was going back through old readings i mean he fought he fought thor and was wasn't he the reason that that stormbreaker was created
3: was it you know i'm trying to remember that i don't even remember yeah, I mean, I think that's the, how old he is. Yeah,
0: and they uh, Thor had to forge. Maybe it wasn't Stormbreaker. I think it's the the other one. I forgot the, the one name.
3: that the one that Storm has, or is that Stormbreaker?
0: No, it's 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 the one that's kind of like they, half hammer, half axe.
3: Um, the one that yeah, that's Stormbreaker. But that's the one that Beta Ray Bill has. Maybe
0: I think it has. An, I think it starts with a J. Whatever the name.
3: For. Oh, maybe. What? Yeah, right. One's an axe. Right, right.
0: So it, he, he had to he had to he wanted to create an armor. I mean sorry, he create a weapon that could pierce a celestial 's armor um, so so that's how far back uh, apocalypse's history goes where he's fat fighting fighting as guardians mm-hmm. you know, so it would be interesting to see if that sort of resurfaces, particularly w- depending on where they go with cross of swords, whether that's just going to be an x men uh, event or whether it's going to cross into some of the other comics
3: It looks cool, I mean. I'm very when i saw that artwork of the uh, that new the new characters that they were introducing i said well this this could be interesting because it's rare that we get an event these days where it's them versus something we don't know about this right. is going to be totally new so it looks interesting
0: yeah and and that's how many issues is cross of swords Cross swords well
3: who knows with the COVID? You know, like that's true. Well, well, I mean, I'm sure that the the run of the main title will go the length, but I don't know about any if they were doing any tie-ins or anything. Okay. I know they canceled a bunch of Empire tie-ins. So.
0: Yeah, but but listen, X Men's a totally different animal. Like oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those books are selling like hotcakes. Which they you, are. There's a really good chance that if you draft out of the X books, you're not gonna you know you're not gonna lose lose many books. Uh, no. From, from what's being solicited.
3: I just hope it moves events along. Like I'm always disappointed with events where the event just ends and there's no lasting repercussions. There's no character development from it. Everybody kind of goes back to status quo from before the event. So I always like events where there's um, some kind of change.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I prefer um, I prefer some major major uh, consequences of the event rather than sort of the summer camp approach. Yeah, they, they I go agree. Off, have an adventure and then they come back. And yeah. nothing, nothing's really, <laughs> nothing's really
3: happening. Nothing's changed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that does bring us to the that bring us to the sixth pick, and that was that was where it all started to fall apart, guys.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, I gotta <laughs> warn you guys as we get deeper into the draft. Mike feels some sort of way the further down this draft we go. So you uh, you may get a raw, uncut Mike today.
0: So imagine my surprise to find that the white delegation who was supposed to come here and answer for their crimes, the white delegation drafted uh, Katara from the Southern Water Tribe. Now, is that a Avatar, The Last Airbender character? Someone fill me in, someone fill me in.
2: Katara? Yeah. She's from Avatar, The Last Airbender.
0: Uh, and, and apparently, according to Sean, there is an Avatar, The Last Airbender comic, so she is eligible. But, But uh, apparently, uh, apparently everyone else doesn't know about this comic because they all hit up my inbox and, and, and the Twitter account saying, Oh, we can draft cartoon characters
1: now. Right.
0: And, and this is where we're at now, people. Well, and
1: Smurfs that, are coming up next, Mike. You're Papa Smurf next round. You
3: know, now that, now, now
1: that the floodgates are open.
3: Well, that's why I said that we were going to draft Optimus Prime.
0: Yes. You know, I, I'm not sure, <laughs> not sure exactly how you render the Judy. I do about Ms. Prime. I mean, does the voice is the voice actor Jewish? I don't know.
3: I don't think he is. Probably yeah. not. I don't know. Maybe. But um
0: yeah, I mean if you can figure out a way, I mean, does he does he have a star of David in, <laughs> embedded in the, embedded yeah. in the photo, but...
3: <laughs> I don't know how he was circumcised. I don't know any of that. We have to figure that one
0: out. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, Roland
3: Mike. With a blowtorch,
1: I guess. But, um, what is the white team trying to do here? Are they trolling your draft?
0: I think the white team. Remember, they're they You know, a, as as we know, he's he's aggressively pursuing whitewashing, and uh, it would appear that this was a brown girl in in the in the comic, or the cartoon, as it were, and she's no longer. She is a white girl, and it seems that when there was a when there was a movie, the Avatar, the Last Airbender movie, she was whitewashed in the movie. So to, to troll both me and to troll all the fans of Avatar, he decided to reinforce this whitewashing.
1: By so there's a method to the madness.
0: Yes, the the madness of of drafting uh, a cartoon character and fan casting Pet Nicola Pets, Peltz, sorry, Nicola Peltz, who played that character in the much maligned uh, Last Airbender movie. But yeah, I think I think Sean's just trolling us. But and for all we know, this comic is all about Katara, and she's gonna score a bunch of points. And I'm gonna yeah. track down a dark horse comic uh, about about an Avatar com- Avatar character, a world in which a world that I know nothing about. Me either, nothing. Oh, if anyone would like to offer some commentary about Avatar: The Last ben- Net Airbender, now's your time, Martin. It's all on you. If you got it.
2: It's been years since I've seen the show, so, and I don't read the comic. I like, like many others, I didn't know there was a comic, so I was, you know, I was surprised when guitar came up as well. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't exactly know. It's I don't remember practically anything because it's been years.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think you you guys are hearing now that we may institute a challenge system uh, in future seasons um for certain picks of whether they qualify as comic characters. I think this would I think this will will, will open the door to some rules changes down the line. But for now, for now Katara is as a member of the white delegation. The white Ah
1: delegation. the sweet taste of bitterness. How does it taste in your mouth, Mike?
0: <laughs> um it it what however it tastes, it's gonna taste even worse when we get to the seventh pick. <laughs> as if it couldn't get any weirder. So So the black delegation saw what the white delegation did and said, oh, cartoon characters. And they selected Goku.
1: (laughs) Now again. Amazing.
0: I am not familiar with Dragon Ball Z. I hear it has a very large fan following. I guess there are some Dragon Ball Z comics that I now have to read. But uh, Goku. Does anyone know anything about Goku, Uh, Martin?
1: No? No. Nothing. I know he is the Nothing. source of 50% of the memes I encounter on Facebook.
0: Yes, there are many, many. Things. So if there were memes being scored in our scoring system, <laughs> Goki would, would, would be uh, available. I, there was no shortage of Goku fan art, I'll say this, when I uh, typed his name into the Google.
1: I'll also <laughs> assume, Mike, that he's super powerful.
0: Um, if these lines and these fire bolts. You know,
1: like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there is, I, I think, I think generationally I missed out, you know, on the hype of Dragon Ball. I think the cart, the cartoon sort of became popular half, like maybe a decade later or 15 yeah, years later
0: on the same age. Adam, yeah. So I missed and, the Dragon Ball. Uh, and I know there
3: are people our age that are very into it that have, you know, that watch, that watch it. But I think as far as the people that got sucked into it, you know, maybe the same similar to the X-Men animated series things. Mm-hmm. It, it's generational when the when the popularity hits, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But I'll go ahead and, uh, you know, give deference to the, the backstory, the black story, as it were, for the uh, black delegation. Uh, let's see. Goku, named Dwayne at birth, was born on planet Vegeta. Three years before his destruction, when the slaver and colonizer Frieza destroyed, destroyed planet Vegeta, Go, Goku survived as he was being sent to Earth. Frieza was an intergalactic slaver who had enslaved the Saiyans and forced them into destroying civilizations and reselling the planets. The slavers found it fun to have the Saiyans and send their children to these planets as a test of their loyalty. After landing on Earth, the young Saiyan was found in the woods by an old man named Gohan, who he fought, fought against violently when they first met. The old man, confused, knocked the child down, where he tumbled down a hill and suffered minor brain damage, causing him to forget everything he knows. The old man, noticing how strong the boy was, figured he could put the small child to work and make some money off of him, giving him the name Goku. As the years go by, the old man dies and young Goku is surviving alone in the woods, when suddenly he's run over by what he believes to be a Karen who can't drive, but is instead a Becky with a fat bank account. This Becky, who calls herself Bulma, tells young Goku about the Dragon Balls and how they can grant any wish for anyone, like a boyfriend for her because she was thirsty and no one else got bread like her, so yeah. Bulma notices young Goku as one of the Dragon Balls with him and tries to take it, but he tells her she ain't about to appropriate his shit. However, he will go with her and help collect them all if she lets him in on the wish game. So off they set to many great adventures, leading them all around the planet until Goku met another of one of his race, Vegeta, and learned his origin. For his whole life to that point, Goku wondered why he was so strong and enjoyed fighting so much. Vegeta told him that he, that he was from a proud warrior race that evolved as they did battle. They lived for combat till their planet was destroyed by what at the time they believed was a meteor. It was actually the slaver Frieza. Can't let us have nothing. Vegeta also refuses to call him Goku and also calls him Dwayne. Over the years, Goku has had many battles, cementing his place as one of the greatest heroes and most powerful beings in multiple universes. And uh, apparently the Dragon Ball contingent of fans were very happy. There was uh, very much cheering and, and uh, gifts and uh, satisfied reactions. So apparently the Black delegation once again went off, uh, uh, went an unorthodox path and, 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 got, and got a very good following, thumbs up from everyone. And, um, I'm happy for them.
3: I hate to admit it, I like the story, it was entertaining. Does he have like fire and energy powers? Is that like his?
0: I think, I think he does. I think he gets, I think he powers up.
3: I, well, then I, nobody has to bring, you know, gas to the barbecue, to the cookout because, you know, he, he's, he's there, he okay. supplies it.
1: Goku on the grill.
3: He's got the hot dogs, the hamburgers. He just,
1: he just holds them in his hands. Zaps him. <laughs> I just assumed this guy was some sort of futuristic Zoro, like Dragon Ball Z.
0: You oh. Know, I have no
1: idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe one day we'll have a Dragon Ball aficionado on the show, and they can tell us about how Goku's going to score all the points.
1: So, like, Mike, I want to be clear here. Yeah. Pikachu is now a draftable character in the racial draft. Pikachu, um,
3: the Ghostbusters,
1: anybody? <laughs> Anything with any sort of random comic somewhere, so you can draft Pokemon,
3: a Ninja Turtle. You I'm sure ahead. there's a
1: comic?
0: Yeah, I'm. I mean, at this point, I am surprised that no one drafted the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. To uh, give them a racial background.
1: Don't give them any ideas. I know, right?
0: Well, I've already. It's already out
1: there now. <laughs> it's already out there. Any?
0: I, I I did listen. I came up with the All Things Are Possible. So it's my fault. It's my fault. And uh, since I know what some of the nominations are for the 12th round, I, I blame myself.
3: I, I, Oh, geez, see, we, we stuck with comics. We, we, okay. tried to, we tried to play it close to the uh, spirit of the game.
0: That is good, that is great to hear. Um, yeah, it's more memes. There's an Obama dropping the mic. There's a dancing Luigi. There is a Beyonce gasping. But that brings us to the eighth pick. The poll decided. Kyle Rayner, welcome to the Latinx delegation. Martin, say a few words.
2: Conflicted. Like I said on Twitter. Uh he's my favorite character, but like he doesn't he's doesn't get used a lot. Not a lot of points. It's a sentimental pick. But uh I think yeah, like you had some points uh that uh We've already got a a good amount of heavy hitters, maybe one or two sentimental picks won't be too bad. And his backstory was very easy to change.
0: Right. right.
2: And half and then, of it was already done. I mean,
0: it's not just sentimental for you, a lot of people yeah. consider him to be the best lantern. Not just the best I, green lantern, but the best lantern.
3: He's Called my lantern. favorite he's my favorite of the uh white lanterns, uh, so to speak. <laughs> You know. You
0: mean the non John Stewart edition?
3: The non, you know, Jessica Cruz, John Stewart, Simon Boaz, or now there's like Teen Lantern or who all of these yeah. new people oh, uh, or uh you know the our far sector Joe Mullen. Right. You know, so out of the white lanterns, he's my favorite.
0: And I'm still surprised
3: <laughs> although he's not is he white? I guess he's not, you know. Now team. he's now he's fully Latinx. Right. Well, I mean, like his
2: dad was like Mestizo, so it's like right. there's some brown in him. He's white passing, I think.
0: Yeah. I think well, he's definitely
2: white, white
3: passing. Yeah. Now, oh right, yeah.
2: Now, are you keeping him white
0: passing for your for the racial drafting? Tyler, More, I think, is a little
3: bit white
2: passing. Yeah, like we're we're keeping like it's a little white passing. There's a little bit of a tan in there. That's why I had to like when I did the backstory with his dad, I still wanted to have a reason for why this little Mexican kid will be called Kyle. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't have his dad go under the cover of Aaron Rainer, so I just changed that one name, okay. and I had to have a like. So like I had to keep his dad somewhat lighter, like maybe he could pass for like Italian or something.
0: Right, right.
2: But uh, yeah. So he's a little lighter, but uh, he's still mm, like Mexican from both his parents. Right. right. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, like you said, like you said last week, you scraped the mayonnaise off
3: the toast.
2: Yeah. But like you know, it's a condiment, so it's like a little hard. There's gonna be some still left on it.
3: <laughs> can't get that mayonnaise taste off.
0: You yeah, know. you, can, you can never completely get rid of the mayonnaise. Tell no, you
3: about always it. in there. <laughs> but but um, be, before you read the bio, I just you know one of the things I personally always loved about Kyle is that he was a comic book artist, right? Basically, yeah. so it's kind of like he's kind of like our surrogate, right? He's kind of like the comics fan who got superpowers, you know, oh, no. like it would be like if one of us went outside and found a lantern ring. So I always liked the fact that he was a comic book artist who got chosen to be a lantern or became one.
0: Yeah, and that's what makes it that much more disappointing that he's not used, especially in like something animated, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you would think that someone who is an artist and would create all these constructs, these creative constructs would be, it'd be a be perfect for a cartoon
3: mm-hmm. green lantern works for comedy too because of the constructs like there's so much you can do with a lantern yeah uh, there's a lot of humor there it, there was back in the day if you look at all of you know hal's original books you know the constructs were like let me make a train to run you over you know like, here's a giant umbrella to protect from the rain like so right. there's some comedy there too yeah that would be interesting
0: Definitely. you know i mean i know hbo plus is working on a uh, Green Lantern series yeah, but I don't know who's involved with it on the career <clears throat> side and whether they will incorporate the comedy. That-
3: Greg Berlanti. It's Berlanti so he might very well.
0: Okay so yeah if it's Berlanti's involved you know he's pretty good about uh putting in light elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I was thinking because of the HBO involvement he might go a little bit um you know i'm good
3: with berlanti i just want to make sure it doesn't fit the cw mold i hate that mold of like you got the hero and the and you got the backup team right you know their crew and, and
0: it's very buffy it, it's it's, it's, a, it's a buffy model but yeah. i think it, i think it, a lot of that has to do with the budgets uh, yeah you know because berlanti i believe berlanti has worked on star girl as well he has
3: so yeah. that shows you what what can be done you know with you've actually put some money behind it better writers better yeah production value yeah
0: and and you know i if it, this this would probably be one of their one of their big flagship dc properties
3: we're um, going to get a lantern on Stargirl. i just i mean eventually they they showed the lantern i just don't know who it'll be i think it's going to be jade oh is it rust oh okay all right that makes sense yeah i'm a am
0: I'm a, usually i'm always like an episode behind on star girl so
3: we're we're going to get jonny uh, jakeem thunder we're going to get you know a lantern we'll get other people, so and it looks like they're maybe taking some elements of um, what's that? oh what was that group that Star Girl was in in the comments Infinity Inc. Infinity Inc. That's what I was yeah
0: okay but um yeah listen I'm I'm rooting for Kyle I'm rooting for Kyle to make more appearances in the books and um you know both in our scoring period and further on I, I would like to see it so um, I'm hoping this is a very savvy eleventh round pick mm-hmm. that does conclude the 11th round, and that brings us to a discussion about what's to come in the 12th round. Are you guys
3: Bye, twist. Are you guys excited for the all polls? We are, but I, I have an important question, which I have, have been meaning to ask you. Okay. What if, what if more than one team puts the same person in their poll, and that person wins on two different teams' polls? Do we both get them? No, there's a
0: head-to-head. That's what we did with Deadpool.
3: Oh, okay. All right. So so essentially what has
0: to happen is if two teams win, if two teams win, uh, the same character wins for, for two teams, the winner of the head-to-head poll gets the character and the second place, you know, the one that comes in second gets the second place choice in
3: the poll. Okay. Okay. So then we got to stack it with all people we definitely want no matter yeah, what happens. That, okay. That's a
0: risk. You know, if you run, if you if you if you do what Kia tried to do,
1: she was all Deadpools. You're in trouble. She was. Yeah. She was,
0: she was. She was in a. She was in a tough spot. If, if if Deadpool didn't win the head-to-head, um, as it as it happens, it didn't matter because Kyle also won the poll. Right. But if in the event that Deadpool won on both, uh, both for the Latinx team and won the head-to-head, my my ruling was that the Latinx team would have chosen, who uh who the multiracial team would have would have gotten and it probably would have been someone really bad. <laughs> uh mm. Modoc, maybe even. Right. <laughs> but um but yeah, and, and as it happens, there, all, there are, are already some some head to heads that might might have to happen based on based on what I've gotten so far.
3: I think based on our picks we might have a, a three way for some of them.
0: Well, I mean, you no,
3: know, it's okay if it's in a three-way. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I,
0: I, think, I think, I think, totally fine. I think it's a pro three-way right.
3: <laughs> the golden we, rule. <laughs> we were not picking. We were not picking Scott Logan and Jean. You know, we we're trying to go a different.
0: So, let let me think about the best way to do this because so the white team is has not joined us yet. I don't know if they will join us. Um, you are here to speak for the Jewish delegation. Um, I have the picks for. Uh, I have your team's picks, Martin. I have the black team's picks.
3: Do we have to pick four or three or four?
0: Three, you have between three and four.
3: What are most people doing? Most people are doing four. Four, okay, we'll do four. Okay, Okay.
0: Um, I think the best way to do it because of the drafting orders will go around. Um, So uh, Martin, you can give us your first, you can give us your first nomination, say a little bit about it.
2: Well, the first one I want to talk about is someone who was on our poll last week that we didn't get, mm-hmm. and obviously I'm not talking about Deadpool because he's got picked, so I'm going with the one I'm talking about is John Constantine. We're going to try to make a pl- another play at him again.
0: All right. And it's the
2: same exact bad story as story uh, as I kind of explained last week, tied to the Aztec trickster god and everything.
0: Okay. Yeah. John Constantine, he is... uh. You know, he's all he's always out there. I mean, he's he's got a lot of exposure. He's in movies. He's I mean, they're just talking about another movie, he's in TV shows, he's on in animated cartoons, he's got a couple I think he's got a book that's due to be coming out in the fall. Yep. Um, so yeah. John Constantine's definitely gonna have a lot of exposure in the coming months. So that's a great that's a great choice. Um I told you guys earlier that I was very upset with these precedents that got set. Um, and I guess it's only fitting that as the game has devolved into Calvin Ball, <laughs> that um, the Black delegation has drafted Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes.
1: Yeah, they're they're off the grid. Nominating,
0: they're off the grid. They're nominating Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. I would have taken Hobbes. Why not take Hobbes? Is that it's ridiculous? I mean, I mean Calvin's in more 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 comics probably. I mean, I don't know if he's in any comics per se, but to them comic strips are acceptable.
1: Anything with a panel.
0: Anything with a panel. Please, voters, please, voters, don't pick Calvin.
1: I would have picked Garfield, don't make, right? job, don't make my job hard. Don't pick
0: Calvin. But Calvin Mike,
1: is- this is America. If you tell people not to do it, like wearing a mask, then they'll do it. But if you tell them to otherwise, they'll do the All opposite. Right. So you just
3: set yourself up for disaster. That's what we need to tell people. Don't wear a mask. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Don't wear a mask. That's <laughs> what they want you to do, right? right. That's
3: what the <laughs> man wants
0: you to wear a mask. I mean, you would have thought that, you know, wearing a mask would mean that you wouldn't be show up on cameras and facial recognition. Software. right? like what if every movie has like this oppressive government system that's floating around with drones, taking people's pictures, and they have got people in masks to protect their identity. You would think this is the best way to be a revolutionary
3: to wear but a mask. We spent all of our childhood thinking how cool it would be to like run around looking like a bank robber or wearing like a mask. And now here's your opportunity to do it every day in real life. And they're like, nah.
0: We got ninjas. We got the Winter Soldier. We've got all these people who cover their, their face in masks. But apparently, apparently, they're not the real heroes.
1: Well, I got to say, for the people I've seen who are participating in mask culture, I've seen some amazing masks out there. Yeah. So some they people are. are doing some pretty incredible things with these masks. Yeah,
0: which, which again, uh, if you want to design uh, racial draft masks, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll work with you and we'll, we'll help you promote, promote it. Uh, The white delegation doesn't have a pick-in yet, but hopefully they'll get their picks in before midnight. Uh, But that brings us to the Jewish delegation. Who would you like to serve up as your first nomination?
3: Uh, Our first... Oh, so I'm not giving you all four, just one name right now. Okay. We are selecting one of everybody's favorite mutant heroes, and that is Rogue.
0: Rogue! Rogue. You know Rogue, right, Marquis?
3: I do know Rogue. We like her. We think that, you know, she's present in the comics, although, you know, interesting storylines now. And, um, you know, she's just, she's again, she's one of those characters that's really been around for a long time. I will say I, I'm not happy with her character development in terms of uh, where she is now to where she could be. but she definitely has a very strong history the the captain marvel history her her relationship with gambit she was featured in many different Mm storylines it was such a
0: relationship with uh, magneto back in the
3: day you know right uh you know her her origins as a as an evil character um as well
0: yeah
3: what's that yeah so and we just we just love rogue everybody loves rogue uh i i will say i have never enjoyed reading rogue's dialogue because i always have an issue with the dialogue when some characters are are written with their accent and now, other characters are not are, are you imagining rogue as still from the south it's it's hard for me in my brain when i read the dialogue to imagine the southern dialogue i see it you know when we when we see her in live action mm-hmm. um but it's just it's 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 hard for me to to imagine it but i but i do you know it's, it's so like i said some characters are are written to give them their accent and some aren't it's
0: yeah just, i just i just usually think of her as one of the like people from designing women right
3: right <laughs> yes a sugar baker yeah right, right, right yeah.
0: designing women women yeah so, uh, yeah rogues rose rose a very solid nomination
3: and she's powerful that's why we were going for powerful people that would show up and by the way all of our picks are women Oh, cool. Yep.
0: Um, I have nothing from the Asian delegation right now, but uh, hopefully they'll get their picks to me as well before midnight. Uh, the Polynesian team, however, uh, their first nomination is, we spoke about him earlier on the show, Roberto da Costa, Sunspot.
2: Great character.
0: Um, got a lot of money. Got a lot of power. He's out there. He's uh, doing his thing. Um, What's Name really loves him. Uh, Hickman really loves him, so... I imagine that we'll see him again before long. He's out in space right now, but, you know, he's, he's never too far away. He's usually being discussed. He's, he's you know, I, I would love to see him be used more. And I think, you know, we've, we've talked ad nauseum about the whitewashing of, of Sunspot. But here, but here again, the guy we told you not to worry about <laughs> is a Polynesian team that's going, going ahead and taking, taking one of the Black characters right out from under us, with possibly with this nomination. Uh, and that brings us to the Native American delegation's nominations. I'm only gonna say one right now, but uh, Marquis, we've, we've talked a lot about the Native American delegation, certain uh, themes that they like to hit in their, in their characters. Um, I assume
1: of, you're about to blow my mind.
0: I'm just gonna say that this is probably the most Native American delegation uh, pick that we've had uh, since, since uh, early, the early on. They uh, nominated Spawn.
1: Of course Ooh. they did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they nominated Spawn. Of course they did.
1: Spawn.
0: Of course, of course they did. Uh, you know Spawn,
1: right? Uh, yeah, of course. And I imagine this backstory will be suitably wild <laughs> in keeping with their tradition.
0: In keeping with their tradition, exactly. And uh, that's a good transition to the Latinx team because I know that the Latinx team also nominated Spawn.
2: Ooh, so
0: There's a there's a bit of a head-to-head.
2: Yeah, another one again for us.
0: So, uh, what do you have in mind for Latinx Spawn?
2: Um, we haven't come up with a story just yet. Okay. Because we, you know, we figure we're gonna have like if Spawn does win, mm-hmm. then we have until like. Next week to come up with a story
0: all right well but, uh, one thing that I that I w- would urge any, any yeah. is that to the extent that a, a good backstory might get people on your side of picking one character over another mm-hmm. there's you know maybe, maybe you want to tease out a little bit of the back you don't have to give the full backstory but tease out a little bit of what you have in mind for the character and try to win people over in into seeing why why that character would be a better fit for your delegation than for for the others
3: well the teams that haven't picked yet now are going to hear our choices and be like i want that person too
0: <laughs> um hopefully they're not listening right now right <laughs> oh which which uh now's as good as time as any to mention that uh we just started our patreon we've been talking about a patreon for a while um one of the the rewards of the patreon is that you do get to listen to the show live and potentially participate in the show so if you want to be one of our patrons, go to uh, patreon.com slash racial uh, underscore draft underscore podcast and uh, try to send us send some support, support our way. That was, a, that was an ad.
3: Definitely. <laughs> All right. In,
1: <laughs> end of commercial. Nice job, Mike. Uh, very smooth. Seamless almost.
0: So that brings us to the Black delegation. Uh, a, more traditional, a more traditional nomination for their second pick. That is uh, Jessica Cruz uh-huh. which, uh, was one of their nominations. Uh, she is, of course, a Green Lantern. Maybe we'll get another Green Lantern off the board. And, um, uh-huh. um, you know, there's a lot to the character. She's fairly fairly new, but she's very popular. She was just featured in Justice League Odyssey. I think that book's about to end. So maybe we'll see her in some, uh, you know, she was October. in the movie for a little bit. Oh, in October it ends. But she's, got a f- she's got a few more months to score points. She's one of the leads of that book. Yeah, She's a really popular character, and I imagine we'll see her in that Green Lantern series that we talked about.
3: Uh-huh. I would agree.
0: And, you know, uh, for the Latinx delegation, that could potentially be a, a major loss because she's one of the more prominent Latinx uh, char- Latina characters in, in D.C. Yeah. Uh, again, nothing for the white delegation, but uh, Adam... Your, your chance to serve up another nomination sure. for the Jewish delegation.
3: Sure. Annie had a wonderful choice. It's a character that, that Annie really enjoys. And, uh, you know, we wanted somebody who wasn't white. And we wanted that we could take in and we wanted somebody who was part of a bat family. So our next choice is Cassandra Kane.
0: Ooh, Cassandra Kane.
3: We, we like her personality. We like what she can do. Mm-hmm. I know Annie really enjoys her character. We feel like she's a female character that needs maybe a little more love in the comics, flesh her out mm-hmm. um, a little more. So we are very happy with our choice of Cassandra King.
0: Right, and she's currently being featured in the Batman and the Outlaws comic. Yep. Which, uh, I believe it's coming to- o- the- Outsiders? Batman and the Outsiders, sorry. Outsiders, yep. Um, uh, I said Outlaws. Yeah, my fault. Batman okay. and the Outsiders comic. Outlawed
3: is the other, you know, company. Red,
0: yes, Red Hood. No, Red Hood, Red Hood has the Outlaws.
3: Oh, right. I was thinking about Outlawed and Marvel, you know, the yeah. champions. League.
0: Exactly. No, There's
3: no. just only a few names that have to be used for everything. Right.
0: But um, yeah, so I mean, I know that book's coming to an end fairly soon. But in the meanwhile, you know, she'll be featured prominently in that. And I'm sure she'll make her way into other bad books like Detective Comics.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, it was... That's maybe you know I didn't have a lot of faults with um, Harley Quinn in the Birds of Prey movie, but clearly they had the opportunity to take this great character and introduce her, and they sort of squandered that a little bit.
0: Right, but I do wonder if, if you know I know that they don't always try to align what happens yeah in, what happens in books, but I yeah. wonder if we'll see her more um, working with Birds of Prey in future um, in future uh, uh, series.
3: Yeah, I think they just need to flesh her out more.
0: That's all. So that's a that's a very strong pick. Um the Polynesian team um they who who nominated uh, Cannonball, I'm sorry, who nominated Sunspot, they also decided to nominate Sunspot's best friend Cannonball. Sam Guthrie. Nice. Um it's going to be interesting to see which one of those buddies uh gets swapped over. Um, I I like Sam Guthrie. He's he's just kind of he's a good solid team member, support type character. Um, good wholesome, salt of the earth guy. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see what Tomity does if when he tinkers with the backstory for Sam,
3: especially That's sort of a a legacy family for Marvel, right? It's probably yeah. one of the biggest family groups in Marvel. Yeah, there are
0: like
1: five Guthrie kids.
0: Yeah, right? there's a lot. Of Guthrie yeah. kids. They're they're a prodigious uh, clan. Now, um, Marquis, are you familiar with Cannonball?
1: I know this will be one I will be learning as we go.
0: Okay, well, if the movie New Mutants were to ever come out, uh, you would you would meet Cannonball because he's in that team.
1: Another thing I'm super excited for: um, chances are probably equal that New Mutants will come out when Jessica Alba appears on the show. <laughs>
0: <Perfect>. <laughs> I mean, listen,
1: listen
0: there is a rumor that because uh, there's a New Mutants panel on the online Comic Con in a couple weeks there is a rumor that they may actually be releasing the new units on video on
1: demand. I actually think if they do it, Mike, the movie's going to be huge. It's had so much hype now. Everybody wants to see it. It's going to make so much money if they just drop it.
3: You have to do it on demand because, come on, first of all, we're never going back to the movie theater anytime soon. They've sat on this movie forever. They spent money on it. They want to make some of the money back. You know, some of these actors would like to see it come out because they base their other career choices on the hype they get from roles so they just got to throw that thing on demand
0: but on the other hand the movie could be bad and the more they sit on it the more they could sort of tinker with it to like play around with the special effects and and maybe but i thought
3: that's what they already did i thought that's why we waited so long is when marvel got a hold of it they said we're gonna reshoot stuff and you know fix it up a little bit i know they they changed the um the post credit scene already they like recast that part so
0: yeah we'll see i mean i i, I everyone's uh, appropriately looking forward to what mutants in the mcu will look like and if it's not going to have any association with the mcu it's kind of um you know it, what's the term it's kind of a lame duck anyway i mean it's not not as much of a lame duck as uh dark phoenix was you know because it could still be a pretty cool standalone story um and maybe that's a big part of what they were trying to do with the recut um to make it just a single story that doesn't have to allude to any any further adventures but um yeah a, a part of me wants to give anyone who's in who wants to give a bonus point if if new mutants actually comes out <laughs> anyone that's in the new mutants um just because of The the long, the long nightmare of new units never coming out.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you guys, the bar is really low when you release something to on demand. And I feel like if you if you pay $50 to see it in theaters, you're like, oh, that was crap. I wasted my money. You hate it. If you pay $10 or $12 to watch it in the comfort of your apartment or your home, you're like, meh, no big deal. Totally fine. It, It won't create this level of resentment if it's terrible, if they just drop it online. People will just watch it and move on with their life.
3: Now, here's the question. I got a question for you. Do you release it as you have to pay to rent it? Or do you release it as part of a subscription that you're already paying for?
1: Why? Since I have every subscription, I would love to get it like that. But I don't mind paying $12 to see it.
0: You see, I feel like if it's good, you release it for free because of the goodwill. From... To get,
3: and to get subscriptions to the service.
0: Right, because people might want to watch it. All right more, more than once. I think if it's mediocre, it's more of a cash grab of try to get as much money as you can get off the movie because you know it's not that good. Um, so
3: I, I will say though that I, I, it always bothers me because some movies need to be seen on the big screen and I'm not saying that's what New Mutants is, but I feel like often with very atmospheric movies, especially ones that have a horror lean towards them or suspense, they work better on the big screen because you're, more in, in, you're sitting in a, in a dark theater and you're more engulfed by the, the whole presence of the movie screen. And it's that communal feeling. Whereas when you're in your home, on your TV screen, when you have lots of other stuff going around, sometimes you don't get as invested.
0: And that's, and that's one of the reasons that I was thinking that they had been holding it back. Because if you look at how sort of like the Blumhouse movies do and some of the other sort of low budget horror movies you know, way, way outperform their budgets. If you can position it as as a horror movie and just make a lot of money off the, the teenagers that are that are the predominant horror audience, you might get kind of a sleeper hit where, you know, as opposed to trying to market it as a blockbuster and falling short
3: of that. tone well, that's the thing, though. If it's scary, if it's a horror movie, like they said, and it's scary, then you need to show us that in the promotion. Because we've seen the trailers, and, or at least the teaser trailers. They give you that, that mood of a horror movie. They show you the feeling that it's going to be atmospheric, but they haven't shown anything where you go, ooh, we're like, oh man, I want to see that. You know, they're just giving you the feeling of it right now, where they haven't actually shown anything in a trailer where if I was a horror fan or I'm a fan of scary movies, where I go, Ooh, I need to see that.
0: And that's another reason that I wouldn't put it on Disney Plus. Uh, you know, Disney Plus and horror don't really go together in people's minds. And I think that if they are trying to push it as a horror movie, it's smarter to put it on Hulu. Um, and maybe even put in, you know, I, don't, I know Hulu has that Huluween thing that they're aiming for in October. Um, but
3: the shame is that we don't have sports right now, all right? But, but maybe there'll be another major event, because my feeling is when you're going to release a movie like that, you release it as an event. You don't say, okay, well, starting whatever, you know, midnight, 12 a.m. on this day, it's available. You say, tune in following the Super Bowl for the premiere of New Mutants on Disney, you know, stuff like that. Then, and plus then they can really track how many people are viewing it at the same time.
0: Right, yeah, that's, I mean, it's definitely from a marketing perspective, more bang for the buck yeah. by, by putting, by having
3: it um, fit,
0: around, fit around an event. But it's gonna be, yeah, I'm gonna be curious to see whether these rumors come to light and whether we actually see New Mutants before, before our, our, our season is up. Um, and maybe we'll, we'll talk a little bit about giving some of the New Mutants characters some, some play.
1: I hope we get to see it. I feel like it's going to do massive numbers because of all the internet hype surrounding it. guard apparently is Netflix's most watched movie ever. I don't remember any marketing for that whatsoever. Netflix tells me 72 million people watched it though. I think you can drop anything on these platforms and do massive numbers now because everybody's still stuck at home.
0: Yeah, but I think Netflix is its own yeah no machine i think people just open up netflix and see what's the new release you're totally
3: right plus don't forget these movies coming out now have the advantage of coming out during a pandemic during quarantine you know where everybody's stuck at home and looking for stuff to do so of course stuff is going to get watched more on netflix you know yeah
0: like i think you know i think when we talk about hamilton hamilton was an event You know, Hamilton was a huge play that a lot of people didn't have tickets for, and they kept and they they spent years hearing about how great it was. And even people who saw Hamilton, this for people who even saw Hamilton, this was opportunity to see it with the original cast. Um, For all the people who listened to the soundtrack, it was it was a huge deal, and it was another opportunity to introduce people to Hamilton. And it was
3: a, a way to make it a movie musical, which, you know, we don't really, you know, you can watch old movies that you love over and over again. My Fair Lady, Singing in the Rain, whatever it is. Now you can watch Hamilton over and over again. Right. And so now you great. can complain about it on the internet and right. uh, you watched it so you can bash it. You you can you can have very awoke, you know, takes about how <laughs> how Lin-Manuel is a horrible person and right. Puerto Ricans hate him and blah, 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 you know, like. Yeah. It's, you Those know, people have never seen In the Heights.
0: Yeah. So it's perfect for the national conversation for getting into the Zeitgeist. I just think it's gonna be hard for new mutants to sort of crack the Zeitgeist in the same kind of way. Okay. Um, but let's yeah, but let's jump to the to the next nomination for the Native American delegation. It's funny, I wish Keo were on the show because we had a while back we were talking about characters who feel like a natural fit for the Native American delegation. And this one came up pretty early on, and that is Electra. Mm. Um now are you familiar with Electra Marche?
1: A little. It's one of those names that's floating around in my head. Obviously not an expert.
0: Uh so she's a she's a character from the uh from the, the world of Daredevil. She's uh an assassin.
1: Yeah, um, she's Jennifer
3: Garner, right? I
1: mean, <laughs> I mean
3: she's, she's she's the one on the Daredevil TV show closer.
0: Yeah, I mean, you saw the Daredevil TV show, right?
3: Yeah,
1: that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I told you this one's in my head a little.
0: Yeah, she was better than she was better than Jennifer Garner on the TV show.
1: Oh, I don't know. I, I love myself some Jennifer Garner. So let's just agree to disagree.
0: <laughs> well, I like Electra. I think Electra, even even though she was well portrayed on the Daredevil TV show, she has even more depth um, in the in the comics. You know, she's a little bit of his. You know, femme fatale. Um, she kills people. She's one of the more dangerous. Dangerous characters, and she's formidable, in, as, as as an assassin and as a fighter, um. So, she's got complicated backstory. She's got some death in her past, you know. Perfect, perfect for the for the Native American delegation. Um. So so yeah, that's that's the, the other nomination for Native American de- delegation. Um. Martin, want you to lay lay on lay out one of the other nominations for the for the Latinx delegation.
2: Okay. So this one is def- like S was the one that came up with this backstory. So this one, we do have more of a backstory. Okay. It's Jane Foster. Jane Foster. Oh, okay. That yeah. is a great pick. Okay. So uh, I'm going to, uh, I really wish S was here because okay. this was like, this is like her idea, but I'm going to read it off. Um, okay. So the thrust would be uh, rather than having like cancer, She's the trans daughter of a light-skinned Spanish man and a dark-skinned Dominican woman. Okay. Unlike our Don Qu- Quixote Thor, whose transform- transformation is an aspirational recall of brave knights, hers is a hiding of her dark-skinned AMAB, which is at mer- at assigned male at birth, okay. body, yeah. in what her real life manifests as doing drag and heavy white makeup and living out this idealized self while dealing with crippling depression.
0: Interesting, okay. So this is, I mean, so I know Jane Foster had the stint as Thor and now Mm -hmm. she's the Valkyrie. Valkyrie. And it still involves sort of a body body change, Mm -hmm. you know, so I can see that. Um, I assume she's still going to be a doctor
2: I mean, why wouldn't she?
0: Okay, um, is she still going to have the uh, romantic past with,
2: with Thor? Again, why wouldn't she?
0: Okay, I'm, listen. I mean, some people people want to want to shake shake the table with their with their reinventions. I was just just trying to cover the bases. I think. I mean, I I think Jane Foster is a great pick. She's one of the few characters that hasn't been drafted that still leads a book. Mm-hmm. Um, extremely popular because of the Thor days. Extremely popular um, because of the, the upcoming movie. Um, mm-hmm. the, her return to the MCU. I think that Jane Foster is a mainstay. And I think Jane Foster sc- could score a lot of points.
1: And remember, Mike, you're the one who doesn't want these apples to roll too far away from the trees. Right. So. Right.
0: So, I, again, a little bit of bias in wanting uh, Jane Foster to stay, to, you know, to stay Jane. Um, the Black delegation uh there they've chosen Uh, here we go they they they've chosen a cosmic entity they like cosmic entities uh this one is uh i don't know how often we'll see this character but they went for a little bit of power with this next nomination with that was the anti-monitor okay you know so anytime there's a multiversal crisis yes uh generally speaking the anti-monitor is involved in it um, kind of was, would you say like a combination of the Watcher and Galactus maybe is a, is a fair, is a, f- a fair way to think of the anti-monitor?
3: Yeah. Or, I mean, wh- he's more like a herald of Gal- Galactus. Uh, well, I guess he's Galactus, because doesn't he work for somebody? I
0: think, I think that's, I think, what's his name? I think you're thinking more like Harbinger.
3: Uh, the, oh yeah, Harbinger works for right, Harbinger works for monitor,
0: right, okay, yeah. Yeah, an anti-monitor you know, for what basically brings about the destruction of the multiverse in order okay. to bring back a new multiverse and um, yeah, like I said you usually only see the anti-monitor with major events With uh, and I know DC does do like to do them every couple years, but I don't know that they have one planned, more. Do they have another uh, big multiversal event planned? As
2: far as I know, no.
0: All right, so anti-monitor might not score a lot of points, but, uh, you know, it's not like that stopped the Black delegation before.
1: Yeah, that's not their goal.
0: Um, But that does bring us to the Jewish delegation. Who who do you have in mind for a nomination?
3: Our next, no, I'm just looking up something because I always pronounce the name wrong, even though I know, okay. I always leave out an S. We will be selecting Wonder Girl. The Cassie version of Wonder Girl, Cassie Sandsmark.
0: Oh, Cassie Cassie Sandsmark. Oh, I thought you were gonna go uh Diana Troy.
3: No, we we want to pick somebody that gives us a little more options. And we you know, Cassie's newer. Mm-hmm. She's a little she's got a totally different sort of personality background than, you know, Wonder Woman. She's very I don't, powerful. I
0: don't know a lot about Cassie, so so tell the people a little bit about the character.
3: Well, you know, like much of DC, um, Her background has changed. (laughs) Um, She is, I'm trying to think of how she is now as far as her biography. She is Wonder Woman's niece. Okay. Um, Her father is Wonder Woman's half brother, I wanna say. And also her father is also a child of Zeus. So she is Zeus's granddaughter. Um, she was a, a thief, a little bit of a prankster who grew up, you know, she's much got much more of sort of that, that younger teenish young twenties energy going on, uh, with her, her compatriots, which are now called, I don't think they're young justice. They're like young justice league now. I think they're oh, called
0: it's in the young justice team. right?
3: Now. Yeah. Okay. So she's working with, the, she's had relationships with a Robin, you know, in the past, um, her lasso, I don't know what it is now. It wasn't like a truth-telling lasso. It was like lightning from Zeus kind of lasso. Okay. And she's always changing a little bit. She's always developing. But we just really like her as a as a one of the sort of new generation mm-hmm. of, the, of the younger. We wanted to pick somebody of, you know, the equivalent in Marvel of like the champions, like that age group. So we think we could do a lot of fun things with her bio. We love her power set. She's definitely appearing, you know, in comics.
0: Right now, do you think? Do you think? I, I know that they're changing around the creative team on one on the main Wonder Woman book. Do you foresee her popping up in that in that book?
3: Well, perhaps. Uh, you know, it's I, with DC. I never know from day to day, you know, what corporate decisions that they are making. I believe, you know, she's she's got sort of the new position of the Wonder Woman in the in the DC book, I believe. I'm still catching up on DC's, but you know, okay. where all of the heroes sort of went bye-bye and their, their uh, legacy characters or children became the characters. Mm-hmm. So she's got that sort of Wonder Woman position. Um, I don't know, I'm curious to see what they, what they go with her. I, I really don't know, you know, with DC. I
0: definitely, like. I've, I'm, I'm sure I've seen her around, but mm-hmm. I have a lot of reading, so I don't know anything about her characterization. What about you, Martin? Do you know anything about Cassie?
2: Um, uh, just from what I know from reading the Young Justice books okay. that are currently coming out and like stuff like that, so, um, so I don't know a
3: lot. Char- are you a fan of the character from the Young Justice? She's okay. I
2: like. Yeah, her. I mean she I mean,
3: she is. I think one of the reasons we picked her is because she's probably could be more interesting than she is in the comics. So this gives us a chance to write a new bio for her.
0: Got it. Uh, The Polynesian Delegation, they only gave us three nominations. So this is their third and final nomination. And they went with The Ray. Mm. I don't know a bunch about The Ray beyond what um, you know, I I know he was was in a comic briefly in one of the uh, Justice League, not main Justice Leagues, um, whether it's Justice League International or Justice League of America or one of those teams. I mean, I know he fights Nazis. Um, I know he sort of you know, flies really fast. I mean, if you know anyone who knows a little bit more about the Ray, this now's a good time.
3: I only Ray. know him from the uh CW um, right, exactly That's really all I know him from.
0: Yeah, and I I mean I know he's I'm pretty sure he's married to a, a guy. Um I mean I know he's one of the the more prominent gay characters. Um but, but yeah I don't know a lot about the Ray, but he's 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 the third nomination, third and final nomination of Polynesian team.
3: Okay.
0: And uh the third nomination for the Native American team is going to uh create another controversy because that nomination, way, way, way different from what the Native American team normally nominates, Ben Grimm. Oh <laughs> good character. We we
3: ben you know
0: Grimm of the Fantastic Four, Mr. It's Clobber
3: in Time himself. Right. Which, which team is this again? This is the Native American team? delegation. Okay, so he's going from one tribe to another tribe. I'm okay with that. Yeah, um, and,
0: you know, why that's even more controversy is because the Latinx team has also nominated uh, Ben Grimm. Flat <laughs> twist. Uh, so another head-to-head between the Latinx team and the Native American team. Would you like to say a little bit about Latino Ben Grimm? Yeah, talk a little smack.
2: Yes, so uh, this is one that I've kind of, I've had like an idea for for a while.
0: Okay,
2: and I've kind of teased them
0: mm-hmm.
2: like a little, like whenever like like a couple weeks back when Johnny Storm got picked, I kept Oh no, we, one okay. member oh. left. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, the way I was gonna like I kind of like thought is um. There's this idea of machismo
0: mm-hmm.
2: in, like, Latinx cultures. This is kind of like a hyper-masculinity like masculinity kind of thing. Uh, so one of the things um, is kind of like not really being able to be open with, like, emotions and stuff as much as you probably would want to. Okay. As, yes. as, it's, as it's probably seen as, like, a sign of more, like, quote, feminine. Mm-hmm. So he obviously grew up in that kind of thing, even though he himself as you know, is obviously uh, like, like he would be more like nice. He'd be like more of a, um, uh, like more emotional. So, but the idea is that he can't express his emotions as well as he wants to. Okay. And then the whole like, so he has to put on this hard exterior.
0: Oh, I see.
2: Okay. So when he gets, bombasted with, with
3: it, the cosmic come out rays. Out head, amazing. <laughs> we lost you for a second, Mar- Martin. He's coming back. Come on, Martin. Come on, Martin. Yeah. So, uh,
2: when he gets bombasted <laughs> with these cosmic rays and turned into Uh-oh. Okay.
3: Wait for it. Can you hear me now? Yes. We can, can hear you talk even if it freezes, I think. Oh, no. Right. Well, Martin, I do right. want to tell you, though, I, I love
1: what you guys okay. are doing with okay. both this Jane Foster pick and with the Jane Foster and with this pick that the issues you guys uh-huh. are addressing here, dealing with issues of depression, dealing with issues of, of machismo, the sort of mental health issues. I love it. I love using these characters to uh, address sort of these real world substantive issues and using a comic story as a way to help people navigate that. That's good stuff.
0: Right. And Adam, the Yancey Street's on the Lower East Side, right? Yes. Yeah. And Lower like, East
3: Side.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah there, there are a lot of like, Latinos on the Lower East Side.
3: Yeah. The Lower East Side was <laughs> the area that was like the melting pot of melting pots, you know, of when the immigrants came to, at least on Manhattan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely, you could still keep his Lower East Side roots. Um, it's
3: funny. I, I will have to share with Martin. I had a, made a tweet like, I don't know, a year ago, maybe more, where I thought that that the thing should be one of those characters to have a legacy character in Marvel, as so many do. And I had created uh, an inner city, uh, his last name was Suarez called Thing for Hire. And he also gained similar powers, but he was more of like Luke Cage in personality yeah. than, than Grimm. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll have to share it with you. Yeah, but I like, so I love your idea. I like that.
0: Yeah, I can see it. Well, I can see it. Yeah, I mean, whether he's you know in the team, or whether he's, you know, in solo adventures, I could definitely see that sort of retweaking of the thing working really well. I mean, and, you know, he's, yeah, I could, you know, he's rough around the edges. He's still connected with the streets and connected with the neighborhood. And, um, you know, I like the idea of him having that, you know, roughest exterior that ends up being literalized through the cutting
3: phrase. He should get like a luchador mask, you know? That
2: would be great. No, like Bane. Yeah, I mean we already lost Bane, so yeah. we might as well put that Luchador mask somewhere else. Right.
3: Yeah,
0: instead of I mean it's it's kinda weird though. Like everybody knows who the thing is. Like you're you're not really <laughs> hiding your identity.
1: <laughs> That's what makes it cool. It's ironic.
0: But then, but then again the thing walks around in a trench coat and a hat and right. uh, and like, you're expected not to know. So
3: Well I, Superman just wears glasses, so they're you know that is, hunches is a little Yeah. <laughs> right, right.
0: He just, un- he just uncurls the curl.
3: That's right. It. They'll never know. Meanwhile, we live in a society where everybody's wearing masks and we all know who each other are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I got to be
0: honest. I'm black. I have not been a fan of many of the picks of the black delegation. But mm-hmm. this nomination, definitely my favorite of their four nominations. Uh, he is a man from the future. And as, as I've often said, uh, I'd like to believe that black people have a better future than past. Um, maybe he has a reason to hate the past because of being from the future, because of our backwards time. And he has no problem with traveling back in time and making wholesale changes to the timeline.
1: We're oh, I know, where I know where you're going with this, Mike. I know where you're going with this. Talking about the reverse flash
0: nomination of the Black Delegation. No, and remember...
1: Such an expert on his character, thanks to this. And scene.
0: remember, you know, based on the, f- the first draft pick, the original, the, the Barry Allen Flash was drafted by the White Delegation. So that's just another reason to hate, another reason to hate the, uh, the White Flash. I really hope Reverse Flash wins. Um, he, I'm sure their backstory is going to be filled with, filled with layers. So fingers crossed. With the black delegation, he
1: only has to defeat Calvin. I think it can be done.
0: Listen, I, <laughs> I am putting my endorsement on the reverse flash, and hopefully the people speak, and, and get Eobarthon in the black in the black delegation. That would be awesome. All right, you're up, Adam, with your fourth, with your well, fourth nomination.
3: We are very glad that this person wasn't chosen. We feel like that they were maybe an obvious choice, but even before that person kind of ruined it with their comment, we were scared other people would go for it. So we are going to take this man's Kara Zor-El, cousin Kara Zor-El, Supergirl. Supergirl is awesome. I fell in love with Supergirl when the movie came out. I loved that movie when it came out. I don't care what it looks like in <laughs> I don't care what it looks like in retrospect. When it came out, it was awesome. I wanted to be Supergirl. It was, she's just, She she's different than Clark. It's a, it's a whole different experience for her. She had to find her own way, and she had to do it in a world that already knew Superman. Mm-hmm. So she was still living in a shadow while trying to create herself. She was an alien, just like him, but had more experience on Krypton. Um, She also experienced, and I don't think that our Supergirl, if it gets chosen, will be a white blonde lady. We think that Supergirl is another character where her whiteness doesn't necessarily come into play. Um, Yes, if you go through the the sort of deconstructionist comic theory, which you know, you, you can have a, well, you know, Superman and and Supergirl had the benefit of white skin and they were white in a white society. So they, that, all of that is true. You would not have been at as least, successful. Least he, right. Mm-hmm. Neither Supergirl nor Superman would have been as successful in society or as accepted if they were black or if they were something else. But we're we're not looking at that sort of deconstructiveness, you know, theory of what if it were the real world kind of thing. We're just looking at Supergirl as a character and what makes her who she is um, and how we can maybe you know add spice to her maybe okay yeah so supergirl that's our, our fourth pick so our our picks are Wonder Girl Supergirl Cassandra Kane and what was our fourth one again Rogue that's right
0: so you have three legacy characters and rogue who's yes. stole- who stole uh, Mrs. Mar- Ms. Marvel's character.
3: Right. So, <laughs> so we're a bunch of uh, sloppy seconds, but uh, yeah. we like our picks.
0: All right. Uh, like I said, the Polynesian, only, the Polynesian delegation only had three nominees. And so the Native American delegation, uh, their fourth pick, kind of, I would say kind of on, oh, you know what? I need to ask. I need to get some clarification on this one because they are choosing for their fourth pick uh, Psylocke.
3: Oh, which one? That's,
0: that's what I need clarification on. Um, I'm going to assume uh, Betsy Braddock Psylocke, um, but I'm going to make sure um, before, I, before I finalize the nomination. Um, obviously, Betsy Braddock Psylocke has the, the whole issue of having her, her body taken over, or, or sort of taking over the body of uh, Quan and Psylocke. So I definitely need to figure out whether she's the body uh, thief or the person whose body was thieved. (laughs) But uh, she is obviously a ninja. Uh, She has uh, psychic knives. She's a telepath in her own right. Um, She has a little bit of a darkness inside of her. Obviously, if she's Betsy Braddock, then she comes from the family, you know, the... The family of of Captain Britton's, but my guess is that it's more to the Quan and uh, Psylocke. But I, I I should should definitely get some clarification on that. Now, Marquis, are you familiar with Psylocke?
3: Marquis, can you hear? No, he's muted. His mic's off. He's muted.
0: Yeah, M- Marquis muted. I don't know if he can hear me.
3: So is Martin. Yeah. Oh really. Right. You're both muted, oh, Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm here, good. guys. The uh, small technical difficulties, but okay. I'm present. And the answer is no. Not too familiar with this one. Oh, Okay,
0: so yeah, I mean,
3: That's she okay. would... I'm a comics reader, and I really don't know much about her either.
0: Yeah, I used to be a big Psylocke fan back in the '90s.
3: I mean, I know Psylocke. I don't know the Quan. Kwan- I don't know who Quannon is as a character, really.
0: So yeah, I mean, so Psylocke, so Quanon is basically the woman whose body was taken over by Betsy Braddock when she became Asian Psylocke, um, the the Japanese woman. Um, In recent years, they've allowed her to resurface, her personality resurface in the old uh, Asian body. And um, now Betsy is in her her original British body.
3: Does she retain the same powers that Psylocke had? It
0: it appears so, yes. It appears, there was some, question as to whether she had the same powers in the first place and that's one of the reasons that it was easy enough to um, you know for the takeover to happen so right now she goes by Psylocke even right. though traditionally okay. she went by the name Quanon. Uh, is, she, and,
3: is she being used outside of the series that got canceled?
0: Um, so she is she moved from that Fallen Angel series that uh, Brian Edward Hill wrote over to the Hellion series. Oh, okay. That, she's one of the leads of that series.
3: Did that start? Hellions?
0: Yeah, the first issue came out, and I think the second issue comes out oh. this, either ne- this week or next week. I'm still so, Yeah. So she's around. Um, I, w- I think that they're feeling, so, you know, one of the issues with the Psylocke characters, the whole um, white woman taking over the body of an Asian woman and the, contra- the how fraught that is now, um, but the, the the problem is that there are so few prominent Asian X-Men characters, that she does have a strong following.
3: Yeah, but whose whose fault is that? That's their fault, because they have the Asian character. You know, this just goes back like, they always, they create these new characters. Every writer wants to make a new character. Every writer wants to do that. And I get it, you're a writer. You've you've, you've wanted to write for Marvel or DC all your life, and they're letting you create new, that must be amazing. But Marvel has this, and DC have these giant backlogs of characters that are there to be used. (coughs)
0: But I mean, I do think that with, I, I think that it was smart of them to, even when they undid the, the race, you know, the sort of problematic race bending of, of Betsy Braddock to not completely lose the, yeah. the iconic um, look of that people who are fans of Psylocke and created all those artistic renderings of a character still want to see. The hope is that in these, in these stories in the next couple of years, they can flesh out this new Psylocke, um, yeah. this new Psylocke, who is the old Psylocke, you know, whatever, however you want to sort of create it and sort of reclaim uh, Psylocke as a, as an fully Asian character. I mean, I like that. the, but ironically, um, again, I have to find out from the native American delegation, which Psylocke they're talking about, but um, the Native American delegation would be, would potentially be inheriting a Psylocke that has that had that history that Quanin has of having been had their body taken over by, uh, colonized, if you will, you know by by a, a white character and and all of the issues that might be fraught with that. So I'm so part of me is hoping that it's the Quanin version of Psylocke and not the Betsy and not the Betsy version, because that, that history, um, you know, I think it would be particularly resonant of having had to live years with, with another person, um, kind of, uh, get out style, <laughs> right. you know, in your, in your psyche. Um, but yes, that, that's, so that's the fourth, that's the fourth pick, uh, fourth nomination for the native American delegation. And, um, you know, I mean, we're still waiting to hear from the white delegation, Asian delegation and the multiracial delegation. Uh, they still have a few hours. And um, you know we're off. The twelfth round is is upon us. You guys have any uh, any words of lobbying now that your your picks are in? The <laughs> characters that you'd like to see win win out?
3: I I mean I'm not speaking for Annie. I'm just speaking for myself. I love Rogue. I would love to see us get Rogue. I know Annie would love to see us get Cass Um, uh, But we're also happy with our other two picks. I just you know Rogue. I don't know. I just always like Rogue. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I I mean I'm biased uh because I like Supergirl.
3: Yeah, well uh yeah.
0: And, you know, I know she's she her book is just coming to an end. But yeah. I'm hoping that, that you know she gets another book very, fairly soon.
3: Well, and, she's supergirl, so she'll show up, I think, no matter what.
0: And you know, it would be a shame if Supergirl went on draft, is what I'm saying. Um, yes. Of, 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 I would like,
3: be very happy. Actually Supergirl was the first one I was pushing for with Annie. That was my first recommendation. Was Supergirl? I said to her in the chat, you know, in our private chat, like, can you believe nobody's taken Supergirl yet, and yeah. we're this far in? So yeah, I mean,
0: especially when you consider that Superman, you know, has been so uh, traditionally viewed as a Jewish analog character, right? That you know, th- to, to 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 have the Jewish delegation go a whole draft, with yeah, a Newtonian, you know, just feels
3: it. You know, feels a little
0: wrong. It feels like
3: there's, I, I, there's, I agree. You know, you look. You look back at comic book origins, and yeah, first two comic creators that created the first major character, both both Jewish, and definitely an analog for either part of their experience or something they wanted uh, a hero to protect people from. So right,
0: that's yeah. Cool. So I so sentimentally, uh, that that's that's my favorite for you guys. Yeah. Um, uh, what about you? What about your team, Martin? Who would you like to see sentimentally uh, win out?
2: Personally, um, I would be, I kind of want it to be John, kind of. Okay. Um, but I do also like the story that, you know, like, that has been created for Ben. So one of those two, uh, as long as we don't end up losing anyone to the Native American delegation, because they got like half our picks.
0: That's right. I mean... You guys, they could beat you in two. maybe beat you in two polls and and stick you with your third, your <laughs> your third pick. Um, well, for me, sentimentally, I'd like to see Jane Foster. But um, mm-hmm. I, I think that S's origin, amended origin, is is yeah interesting. That's definitely- I also think that Jane is a character that is is finally getting her due, in the comic, mm-hmm. and it's another character that I'd like to see represented um, by one of the teams. And I think that the, that the origin that S came up with is a really strong origin. So, so that's, that's kind of where I fall sentimentally. I do like the Ben Grimm run. That's probably my second choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jane Foster is who i will be looking for. Um, I already said who I'm looking for with the black delegation. Marquis, which of the, which of your, uh, who would you say of the black delegation nominees were, were, was, is your sentimental favorite?
1: Oh, well, I don't know. It's gotta be Calvin, right? <laughs> I mean... I have no choice. <laughs> don't vote
0: for a thousand people. Don't vote for <laughs> Um and uh, I haven't decided, I haven't decided with the Polynesian delegation. Um, I think I think it's because I just don't want to lose sunspot. So whether it's cannonball the ray, as long as it's not sunspot, I'm I'm happy <laughs> with, with who who it goes. And um, for me, the Native American delegation. I think it's Psylocke. I think Psylocke's the one. I think Psylocke's the most interesting one. Um, but Spawn, let's face it, like yeah, Spawn is is yeah. there, like right there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, let's just go. Let's just dive dive yeah. into the deep end.
0: Let's just go. Let's go full. Let's I mean, it. You gotta stay <laughs> thematically consistent sometimes. Yeah. And uh, and Spawn is that Spawn is.
1: He's the perfect character for for their universe. Yeah. Without a doubt.
0: Um, do you, are there any other? I mean. Obviously, we, we don't know what's, what's happening. Does the,
3: who is else picked Spawn? Somebody else picked Spawn or just them?
0: No, the, uh, the Latinx delegation also has
2: Spawn. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. Right. I remembered it. They got Spawn and Ben Grimm, two of yeah. our choices.
0: Yeah, two head-to-heads, two head-to-head polls ready to go. Two men will
2: enter. One will survive. Right.
0: Exactly. Um, now, obviously, um, it's going to be some time before I release this podcast, so you don't have to worry about um giving the white asian and multiracial delegation any ideas but Mm -hmm. uh if you had to think about some some possibilities some characters that are still on the board that you're surprised um you know haven't been nominated you know it's it's time it's a good idea to throw some out i forgot who we came
3: up with now there were people that weren't picked yeah
1: there are a ton of people
3: yeah we had some names, and now I can't remember. You
0: know, I mean, Iceman, of course. oh yeah, of
1: course. How could Iceman? How, <laughs> how could, could Iceman have not? Been going,
0: sad? you can't go a show without mentioning Iceman.
1: <laughs> no, we have a couple of running bits now. You know, any good podcast needs that. Um. So
0: I, you know, I feel like Iceman. Um, I mean, with the crazy rich Asians, you know, we, that theme. Like, I feel like okay. there's, there's still there's an Oliver Queen. Oliver Queen would be a great, yeah, uh, yeah, you
1: know, oh, yeah that's true.
0: you know, Oliver Kwan. It's like, it's right there. It's
1: right there. <laughs> it's like, you laid it down. They just got to pick it up, Mike.
0: Exactly. I mean, his, 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 even in, in the, the, the CW show, they, they added a lot of uh, Eastern elements to his origin. You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't take much. Plus he's on the West coast. You know, he could be uh, what's it's Seattle, right? Uh, Star city is, is, is meant to be Seattle. You know, I think there's a fairly large uh, Asian population in Seattle. I could see it. I could see Oliver Queen. He's still, he's, he still ha- has a solo book, I believe, and he still does a lot of stuff in the DC universe. That would mm-hmm. be one character that I could, I could, could imagine. I am, I, if we're going to go pure villainy for the white delegation, this is where you throw out Luke Cage, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not, right? Go, just if you're going you know, to get everyone to hate you, you know, Luke
1: Cage is right there. Black Lightning still out there, right, Black Lightning is right there. Is right.
0: Oh, that,
3: that, yeah, Annie, I'm looking, I'm trying to look through our chat here. I see Annie at one point brought up Nubia as somebody she wanted to draft.
0: Uh, I have, you know, I have controversial opinions about Nubia.
3: Yeah. I don't know much about her other than like, as far as like Wikipedia what I've read you know like I don't really know her comic book stuff that well
0: yeah we can talk at length about how I feel about Nubia but I'll I'll spare you all
1: special (laughs) patreon episode do it mate your Nubia revealed
0: my hope is that in 2020 in late 2020 and 2021 Nubia will actually get a real origin (laughs) yeah Um, a real origin and a real character but um
1: tell me how you really feel Right.
0: Um, I know that, uh, who knows what Kia's got cooking up. Not even
3: Kia. Who
0: knows what Kia's got cooking up.
3: Okay, wait. I'm looking at my old choices that uh, that I gave to Annie. One of them was Adam Warlock, who wasn't picked. One of them was Vulcan. Mutant Vulcan, who wasn't picked.
0: Okay, yeah, one of the summers. So
3: those were two. um, Those were two that I was pushing for when we were still picking what might have been male characters. So, because we liked Vulcan uh, as being sort of like the outsider brother, you know, raised differently, wasn't sure. And then, I I mean, it's Adam Warlock. How, you know, how could you not want Adam Warlock? Right. Um, Who else? Um.
2: Oh we were considering Barbara Gordon for a while. Well, oh, yeah,
3: Barbara, yeah. oh yeah. Annie did mention her and the and, and Kate Kane.
2: Yeah, I mean mm-hmm.
0: I felt like I felt like Barbara Gordon was like a great choice for you guys. Um, but I mean I understand why if you had to pick one member of the bat family, there's a an advantage to Cassandra Kane, but Barbara's always yeah. Barbara's a great character. That's a character yeah. actually that I could definitely see in the multiracial delegation. Um mm-hmm. Uh, we I think we talked about Jessica Drew. I could also see Jessica Drew in the multiracial delegation.
3: And it and it looks like as far as you know this the Batman movie goes, we are going to not get a white Barbara Gordon.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, so so that works. That By works. the way,
3: I just want to do a quick plug. I'm watching I'm watching this great series on Netflix called Cursed. Mm-hmm. and in this series, King Arthur is black. Okay. Uh, Morgan Lefay is black. Uh, there are all these different races of fairies. There's like an Asian snake clan of, of fairy. There's ones with antlers and all different races. It's really a great series. Mm-hmm. It, it's female centric. It's not a King Arthur series. It's like a prequel, but this is really the first time I've seen them explore multiculturalism or a multiracial aspect in Arthurian legend. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's a really cool show. Now don't watch the movie Barry, right before this because the same actor that plays obama <laughs> plays king arthur
0: yeah that, that and would, you'll
3: just see obama as king arthur
0: does he use the same
3: voice <laughs> um it's not that far off but he does use his original i think he's australian i want to say or british accent yeah
0: who else let me think about but yeah there's a, there's still pretty prominent pretty prominent characters still on the board so it's going to be interesting to see what 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 comes down the pike for? The- oh,
3: I know what today Annie just mentioned today. Hawk Girl, she was thinking about mm-hmm. Hawk Girl. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's someone else because uh, there's been a version of Hawk Girl that was Latina and on Earth, oh, too. No. Yeah, on, and also on Earth, too. Uh, her mm-hmm. name is uh, if I remember correctly, Kendra Munoz Sanders oh. Saunders. So, oh, again, know. that's like someone else that we could also just take because it's reincarnation, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hawks are Hawks are just weird
3: with all that stuff. Uh, yeah,
0: but you know, Hawkman has his book, so he's he's still out there as draftable.
3: Uh, I I gotta tell you, that's a DC thing with me. It's one of the reasons why I'm mostly a Marvel reader. I do not have the mental capacity. I will admit my own failings to keep up with you know different histories and biographies and stuff. That was always a problem with me, and so especially with the Hawk. You know, the whole that that just really threw me
0: yeah i i agree it throws me off that they don't just retcon uh an origin
3: they just change it
0: yeah they'll 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 say like well in this earth you know the or or you know this reboot of the universe like the origin is completely different and you know i i i don't mind a retcon i i do mind a reboot
3: because mm-hmm. it doesn't it, feel organic at all
0: yeah, yeah it says you know i've been following this character for 20 years and none of that history matters anymore and right. then and then you know in 10 years they they decide no actually the history does matter so right. you have these different streams of 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 histories that you have to figure out which is canon and which isn't and it's a, it's it's a mess for me sounds
1: like a metaphor for america mike
0: you know in a way it does in a way it does but um I don't know. I mean I guess if you guys have any final thoughts about what you'd like to see in the twelfth round, um I guess we'll start with with uh Martin. Uh, you know, how how would you like to see the twelfth round go? With you know, all polls, it's gonna be fun, it's gonna be a little bit of chaos, it's gonna be politicking.
2: Yeah. Uh a lot of campaigning for characters. Um I hope it goes in our favor. <laughs> um I mean I think if like if I'm being completely honest, uh, if there was one that we would, if of the two of the picks that the Native American team also got from us, uh, if if one of them were to, if one of them were to go to the Native team instead of ours, I think I'd be perfectly fine if it, if it was spawned' because yeah, it makes total sense yes. for them, yes. but uh, just not Ben. Not Ben. So wait,
3: who is your, if I'm gonna campaign for you on your behalf, who's your number one? Is it John or is it Ben?
2: Uh, well, because of like, I'm very into like supernatural and mythological stuff. The story that I kind of like have planned out for John makes him my number one. Okay. Well, like, honestly, Ben and Jane are still two amazing stories that I would be perfectly fine getting. Spawn is the one I have no clue what we're going to do with
0: right. at this point. Yeah, I, I see that. Um,
2: so yeah, any of those three you can campaign for.
0: Right, And, and I will
2: try to as well.
0: And yeah, I'm going to be fully on the reverse flash campaign trail. Not uh, Calvin? <laughs>
3: definitely. Oh, I'm going to tweet to all my followers to vote Calvin because <laughs> I want that to
0: happen. Oh, man.
2: Yeah. I no surprised surprised rich. a girl love. I'm surprised Richie Rich never came up if we were going to go with Calvin. Like, at this point,
0: at this point, <laughs> didn't
3: Richie Rich come up in one of the polls? Did he no, I don't no, think no. So.
0: I mean, I, I think someone might have mentioned him. No, I think crazy so. Rich Asians could draft Richie Rich.
3: Yeah, it would be <laughs> thematically
1: consistent.
0: Um, but I don't think he has a book coming out, so I don't. I don't know if they they'd want to get a Vanity Pick that badly. Uh, but Scrooge McDuck. <laughs>
2: I think Scrooge is richer than Richie too. Uh-huh. So,
3: yeah, Dark Wayne Duck. Uh-huh. Scrooge McDuck, he he bankrolls Wakanda. Uh, most people don't know that.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I can't even come up with a, a a duck pun for the Asian delegation, but it's it's there.
1: It's His there. whole vault is vibranium <laughs> instead of gold. Right. That must
2: <laughs> hurt jumping. Oh no, wait, it doesn't hurt jumping. No, <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> right. uh-huh. It absorbed, yeah. <laughs> Exactly.
3: Oh, man. And on... All right, so... Su- by by the, know, the way, why aren't we getting any Disney crossover comics? You know, DC did such a good job with those books where they used the Warner Brothers characters. Mm-hmm. I think that, DC, that Marvel should just, you know, bite the bullet and do some crossover stuff with so their other properties. I Robert. feel like
0: they're waiting for kin- Kingdom Hearts, right? Isn't that okay. isn't that their thing where they pull yeah. their Disney character? Probably, yeah. I feel like when they when they do their next Kingdom Hearts, it's gonna make so much money, and it's gonna be because they don't just like flood the market with with crossovers. I
3: get that. I, I think
0: they're gonna make a ton of money the first time they do a Star Wars crossover oh, with God. some of the other properties that they own. Like, I mean, Star. You know, now that they own Aliens. And
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jedi versus Predators. God.
3: we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. Like, we're gonna see a oh lot, lot of aliens. Like, they're-,
0: <laughs> they're so like, I- that sounds I'm, amazing. Look, look, I'm there. You give me Darth Vader. Give me Darth Vader versus a Predator.
1: I love and- it. Why not?
0: Or give me aliens on an, on, an, on the on the Millennium Falcon.
3: <laughs> or we, or we have to see the Empire and the Rebels working together against, you know, the aliens or something. That would be cool.
0: So, right. Um, Princess Leia against against a, a ship full of a ship full of aliens. Yeah, yeah. So, all all that's there in the Marvel Universe now. Now that they own the rights,
3: it's
1: all canon.
0: Yeah. So, I think I think Disney's just waiting for the crossover powers. Uh Um, one thing that i want to do before we go though is is again um hype the the patreon um we've got some cool stuff coming as well um i've talked to eli and some of the commissions that are that we're working on we're going to do team commissions um for certain maybe not maybe not going to be able to afford every team right off the bat Uh but um depending on how the patreon Goes, um,
3: I, we can I, get, can photo, I can Photoshop one of my team together. <laughs>
0: if, we can, if we can get some, get get some, some extra bankroll, you can expect for the patrons to uh, see the, the versions of these characters in their race bent form with their new backstories and their new reimagined uh, um, visualizations. Um, you know, he's he's going to be at work with some of those. So if you support the Patreon, you'll get your own your own versions of these images. Um,
1: also, and um, I know we haven't discussed this, Mike, but I would love to see sort of like a, a booklet compiling all of the narratives together.
0: Yeah, we can we can work on that too. I mean, I, I know we were we we're trying to do some things on the some different things on the blog, so we'll probably uh, put together um, a at least a visual uh, slideshow with the backstories um, on the blog when I have a little time, um, and maybe that can function as kind of like kind of like a book. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. We'll talk to the captains. Um, the other thing that we, we plan to do in the upcoming weeks, you know, after we sort of like jump, while we're jumping into the actual Fantasy Comics League score part, one of the things that we're also going to be doing is talking about, um, talking about classic uh, Marvel and DC storylines and imagining those storylines with the characters as they've been, as they've been racially drafted and kind of do, do some, some storybook storybooking there um, hopefully we'll have the different captains and maybe we'll play maybe we'll kind of do it like campfire style
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we'll, we'll, marshmallows and everything
3: we'll,
0: all right we'll 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 go we'll do a few do do a few
1: paragraphs
0: um, of of the the wikipedia and we'll we'll pass it up to the to the next captain and have them uh, explain what their characters will be doing um, during those storylines but we so we've got some ideas guys just because the draft just because this first season draft is coming to an end doesn't mean that the, the show is coming to an end. We've got a lot of different uh, topics coming your way, and we're definitely going to be uh, – uh, I'll be passing along the different trash talk uh, as uh, these different teams uh, start scoring points from week to week. Um, you know, Kia, is, I'm sure Kia would like to believe that she's the front runner, TM, <laughs> as, she, as she says. And we'll see if, if, the, if, uh, if, that, if that ends up bearing out.
1: But um, you got a way to put a bow
0: on this, Marquis?
1: Uh, well, I don't think there's any possible bad results from the, the poll scenarios. Like, no matter what gets picked, the stories are going to be incredible. It's going to be interesting to hear about, uh, except for Calvin. So as long as that doesn't happen, it's going to be awesome to look at. So that's how I put a bow in this.
0: All right. And that's so we've, we're we we're, we're another week down for the racial draft. Uh, everyone, say your goodbyes, and you, uh, say your uh, give your socials.
3: <laughs> I'm check check the circuit on uh, on Twitter.
0: That's Adam yeah. from the yeah. uh, Jewish delegation. Martin,
2: I'm uh, Martin Sanchez. So that my mm-hmm. putter is a uh, Mar Sanjay. 47 so it's m-a-r-s-a-n-j 47 uh this entire time i i've been like so used to people calling me martin so i don't really correct them but like i
3: pronounce <laughs> no, martin I feel bad. No, no no i, bad. I feel terrible yeah. now like that <laughs> yeah. actually breaks my heart like <laughs> you have to tell me you have to tell me that because that's what i tell my students all the time there's a, i only teach i don't teach like americans so like i always tell them like if you don't correct me then i don't know
2: Well, yeah. If if like if ever had a teacher that asked, do you prefer Martin or Martine? I'll say Martine because that's what my parents say. Mm. But if they don't ask, I don't. I don't want to go too. I don't want to be like too much of trouble to be like. Um, actually, it's a Martine. That's not trouble. Uh, That's your name.
0: All right. Well, I will try, but I've got got weeks of calling you Martin. It's
2: fine.
1: It's
2: fine. (laughs) It's a
1: it's a work in progress, but um, we'll definitely fix that. All right. We're going to edit all, right. all past episodes. Yes. <laughs> One more more. not a, Not a not.
0: But, um, but yeah, on that note, I guess that's a good enough uh, time to say goodbye. Uh, until next time, all things are possible.
1: Thanks, everyone.